Hi, I'm Sarah Vittoria McLaughlin, Antithesis. Every hour, a human is successfully mind-controlled somewhere in front of a screen. They suffer, alone and terrified, waiting for someone. Please, say you're the answer for these innocent, suffering human beings. They need your help, and this is your chance. Make no mistake, just one dollar a month from you. Yes, you. It becomes more than finances. It becomes action and intention behind a movement combating misused occult forces and giving a voice to those unheard by too many. Your support on any level becomes greater energy and raises frequencies, even simple reviewing and sharing of the show. It's about energy and willingness. Grimerica.com slash Jesus Christ, that there are, of course, uh, an earthly Jesus Christ, and there's a heavenly Jesus Christ. When we talk about the heavenly Jesus Christ, we are going into the realms of astronomy and astrology. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Great America Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Michael Feely a little bit later uh, from across the pond about uh, all sorts of conspiracies. He kind of ties it all together. Um, he kind of came out of the blue, so it's a fun one. And of course, we got a longtime friend of the show, Bill, came to the studio. It's in town, so he's going to join us for this intro. And of course, we got the one and only in his tight little shirt there, Graham Trapman Dunlop. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? I'm okay. Good. Are yeah. you good? Yeah. This was a good episode with Michael. Yeah. I think he connects a lot of dots, some sort of like Ooh, esoteric in- investigation and uh, ancient mysteries and occult stuff. and. Christ connected. consciousness and and uh, Did he Bible say Bible codes and yeah oh, yeah, that's yeah right. he, it Big was uncle. it was he's back in the scene like he took I think he took a little bit of time off but one of these guys that's had had sort of some downloads and some experiences with interdimensional or ET type things and he's he's uh, he's just flowing full of information now and it really does make you wonder yeah you get burnout <clears throat> probably need a break. But he's back at it. So, so this is kind of a we expedited the release of this episode because he's talking in the UK. He's got a yeah, couple big right. talks coming up, and uh, this for he UK mentions them in the show, and you'll have yeah. them in the show notes, right? Yeah, they'll be in the show. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah, they'll be in, yeah Phoenix Probe Conference and and Glastonbury for sure is the biggest UK alternative talk, which might be like probably next week or maybe even yeah. this weekend. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it's not too, not too far. UK can drive almost anywhere in six hours. So I wouldn't even think that long. Yeah. It's only sixty five miles across. No, wasn't it? No, no I think oh, <laughs> it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> Maybe at the thinnest the UK point, po- the UK posse <laughs> keeps getting bigger. So yeah, actually now there's a Scottish posse. Scotsman in there. Yeah, moving in. Yeah, you're gonna have to eat that. So how, how you doing, Bill? Doing good. Great to meet you guys in person finally. Yeah, oh, yeah, closer. yeah, it's good. Yeah, Great to be just... here, see the igloo and all its glory. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it's good to have you. He's, he's here stampeding. How's that going? It's a taxing uh, event, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> right on. It is a good time. I'm going to yeah. go down tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's good. I was asking Bill if he had tried any deep fried butter or anything like that yet. 
Ooh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to fall off the fucking diet wagon for that. Yeah, he says pickled pickled deep fried pickled stuff is uh, pickled uh, deep fried pickled corn dog and uh, what else did I get? Pretty big on the deep fried stuff, but no deep fried desserts yet. We'll get that. Yeah, yeah. Deep fried desserts, fucking deep fried cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck. I had a so corn dog good. today at work and it was like wasn't cooked. Yeah, you're properly. having it fucking was, gut was, like, truck raw. corn dogs. It was, it was raw this is a, <laughs> you've gone from like bulletproof coffee fucking lean machine to a fucking gut truck corn know, dog know, for I breakfast. Gotta, and you know what? And I, I gotta get off and I I gotta get motivated because you know, I'm gonna be hopefully playing hockey and I can turn <laughs> in a you couple keep months fucking and slamming just, like, corn dogs for breakfast. But I don't see what's so well. Just cornbread, right? Cornbread wrapped around a, a dog. Like, so it's just be that a bunch bad? of fucking gluten wrapped around a bunch of fake meat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And dunk it in oil. Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. You're right. It's 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 carby, gluteny, and fake meat. It's probably not even real food. When I have breakfast, I have breakfast. I have either a fried egg and a half cup of blueberries, or a little more. What do you fry the egg in? A pan. Oh, ghee. Ghee, really? Ghee, ghee or olive oil? One of the two. Couldn't get the Amish butter up here. No, nope. it's too bad. Those Can't bring dairies. Oh, right. This is yeah. a big embargo, the big trade war that's going down. <laughs> Motherfuckers. No well, I don't think you could ever do dairy. We've got our dairy fucking locked down up here. And it's a, it's a, it's a federal offense to transport fucking raw milk on a um, federal road. Really? Yeah. In Canada, not across the border. You're talking about just in Canada? Just in Canada. If yeah. you got pulled over, it's a federal offense. Yeah, that's it's bad offense. in the U.S. too, some places. Yeah. Clamp down on that, yeah. You don't have to eat that mic. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, right, yeah get right up in there. Um, yeah, fucking milk's a bitch. I'm going to get my own motherfucking cow. Actually, I'll probably get a goat and do goat milk. Is that legal? I don't know. It'll <laughs> just be for me. I wouldn't be selling it. And fucking bang, fucking yeah. hammer that shit down. But so I'll have a, either, either that, but so a lot of mornings I don't want to have the egg, so I have the coconut, uh, coconut yogurt with the blueberries in it. I'll put the blueberries in the coconut yogurt, which I don't think I'm supposed to technically be doing. But, I think blueberries okay. Uh, yeah, blueberries okay. I'm not sure if the cultured because I think that coconut yogurt. I don't know if it has to sit or not, so I don't know if it would build up any histamines, but. Yeah. I just that fucking five minutes, ten minutes to cook an egg. Sometimes well, it's five minutes probably to cook an egg, but it's kind of the, funny how we've swapped over. Like I'm becoming more unhealthy and you're becoming more healthy. Yeah, I seen you. You, know, you quit your fucking, fucking chips, chips and I got <laughs> chips at work now. It's yeah. just terrible. You guys, this little chip <laughs> epidemic. Like I see fucking you guys are hammering down potato chips. It's fucking seven forty five in the morning. I'm just like I'm not oh no, my no, no no no. I I don't seven forty five potato <laughs> chips. I'm just like, Oh my god, man, it's a fucking epidemic. It's like four fucking different Big bags of chips open. We shouldn't eat. Yeah, they're empty though, usually. Yeah, that's right. That's how it goes. <laughs> you know what I like lately? Bugles. Bugles are great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they're actually not too bad. Sugar-wise, they... Yeah, I mean, it's probably fucking GMO terrible corn, but it's it's not like sugar-wise and carb-wise, it's not that bad. I don't know about carbs, but sugar-wise, it's not that bad. Yeah, a little bit of carbs is okay. You don't want to be... Those carbs in the morning are tough, though. You know, I, on the weekends, I'm fine. You know, but I gotta I gotta do a fast again or something. Just kickstart everything back into gear. Just start fucking eating food that's not off that truck. Just try that for a week. I think it's worth it. 
Some of it's pretty. I, I have no. I have nope. wonton soup, nope. which should be fine, right? No, it's got vegetables I don't think in there. So. Maybe the maybe. Well, that's my you know, maybe the pizza wonton and, soup. And, and wonton soup. Pizza's no good. I know it, but again, pizza's one of those things. Why is it no good? It's just all the the gluten fucking, and the carbs. Lisa right? just had a fucking piece. She just had a pizza, regular pizza, the other day for the first time in like oof, a long time, just because um, the kids wouldn't eat it and she didn't want to waste it. She's like, fuck it, I'll eat it. She'd love it? Well, I don't know. I think it was okay, but the next day she couldn't fucking move. (laughs) Really? Fucking laid out. So it's like, yeah, I don't think it's... I think you should try that. I I just fucking try not eating food off that truck for a week. See how that goes. Yeah. All right. I'll cook myself a goulash or something to bring to work. Ooh, what's goulash? I don't know, just like a... A stew? Yeah, kind of like a stew. Maybe I was thinking of like just... Beef, ground beef, and then like vegetables, and maybe like a broth, like a bone broth in there, and maybe some yeah, rice, there you go. like just a you know, there you go, just a big pot of it, and then just eat a bowl of that. I still eat out a lot, but <clears throat> can that be any better than what I'm what you're just accusing me of? Well, I go to the chop leaf whenever I can. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, there's some good salad, and then if there's not, some good, a, there's gonna be healthy. Healthy fast food places are popping up now. They're popping up like yep. crazy. And then even if I go to a little restaurant, usually there's like almost every place I go now has a gluten. If I just say I want a gluten free menu, no, that would be up. One sec. Here you go. Hmm. I think that made a huge difference. Just trying without that for a while. I'd yeah, say. I, I got to do something. Bill and I were talking about it on the way here. I, he's he was are trying still, to low carb. Are you off the keto now? This week for sure. This week for <laughs> sure. Yeah. But are you pretty keto most of the time? More than halfway, probably. Yeah? Yeah. Feels good? Yeah. Works out pretty good. Huh. Do you notice a cognitive difference at all? Mm, that not so much, but definitely energy, don't get hungry, uh, weight loss. Wow. Yeah, I got to do that. Fucking keto, baby. I uh, And it's good. I don't think it's, you're supposed to be in keto all the time anyway, is the new research, is you don't want to be keto constantly. Sort of flipping it's bad for your heart or, or something. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Hey, man, I'm just be, fucking making shit up, maybe. But that I could think be disinfo sure. from the carb community. Could be, could be not though. <laughs> just kidding. Could be not, like the chiropractor thing on Rogan. What about it? Well, he hates chiropractors. Yeah, I know. But what? So what? I know because Scott just flipped on chiropractors. He's like, "Fuck that!" He's like, "They fucked me." Really? Yeah. You flipped in the bad way? Yeah. I'm going to say he'll never go again. Huh. I gave him the prolotherapy uh, information and he should Is really that the try injections? that. Yep. He's got to try that, man. It's, it's a, it works miracles. Maria's got to go there tomorrow. Her back's all messed up. She's going to go tomorrow and it's going to, it's it going to help her hundred percent. It's covered in her naturopathic under our, under our healthcare system. No, and no, I'm going to no, go no, for no, my no. ankles. Not fucking under our healthcare system. No, no, sorry. Under, under, our, our, under insurance. our insurance. Yes. Sorry, not our healthcare system. No. Don't, that people was, already, that was yeah, bad. that was bad. Um, how much is it? I should try it's, that. It's, it's not bad. Uh, $140, I think. For a shot? Well, no, so for multiple for like, shots. Like, you can go in for, I went in for my shoulder and uh, my knees at the time, maybe, or something else. There was a couple, two or three things, and the guy's pretty good. He'll just in the states, it's different. I think they charge you per shot. Like it's it's How not as it economical last? in the states. It's 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 it it just fixes shit. It fixed my shoulder. Like my, I mean, it's a little. Was it like your my shoulder was really chronic though? Yeah, yeah. But so it's still not a hundred percent because I only went like two or three times. 
and it and it really really helped. And the guys at work, they f- it fixed his uh, his hip and his groin area, and and his uh, his shoulders better. Fuck, my shoulders a mess. Yeah, you should try it too. I should. I should try that out. So that's like injection. It says a freezing uh, thing in there. I don't know what what type, and then sugar water. So it's just a placebo. No, no, no. It helps rebuild the uh, the joint, oh. but it's completely different than the uh, what they try the doctors try and get to do, which is the cortisone shots, which is no good for you. No, I think it eventually <clears throat> tears away your muscles. Yeah, that takes a toll after a while. Yeah, mm, I don't have to run that by Brisson. The Prolo, or I'll, yeah. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes because I I really think that that's I mean. I'll try I've to. Really seen it I'd work. love to it's fucking have my too. shoulder stop fucking bugging me all the time. Yeah. I've been doing the yoga, but that don't, you know, it still what? just fucking bugs me. You're doing yoga? Your seven minute yoga? No, the seven minutes of workout. I, I rarely make it seven minutes into yoga. I usually make it like four minutes into yoga and then I just end up going and doing my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is usually you- like <laughs> lying on my back and stretching out, trying to get it so I could put my arms over my head and get him to touch the ground. Yeah, that mine won't Roll do around on the floor yeah. a little bit. Yeah, my, that's, my that's pretty much what I do. Roll it, then, then I degrade to rolling around on the floor. And because I'm trying to do all this shit and I can't breathe, then. So I'm like, okay, I'll just lie in there. I put my arms over my head. And if I breathe it out for like 10 or 15 minutes, I'll, they'll go and they'll be able to touch the ground. Yeah. And I'll stretch it out like that and go back. With, and with my through. arm and my wrist and my elbow, how bad my elbow is, I can't even, my, my, my shoulder, my, my, my wrist can't, I can't hit the ground with my wrist. Yeah. So you got it all, not even close. So I figured that I'll build that into uh, eventually getting better. And I usually start the routines, but then I just like I get frustrated yeah, and go boring. to yeah, gotta, and just go to my own go to the phone, go to my own thing, <laughs> lie on my back and start rolling around on the floor. Yeah, okay. that's probably better than at least you're moving. I mean, I think that's one of the most important and stretching and breathing. Yeah, the breathing technique is good to know. So then I just go and I can, you can feel it. You can feel it on that exhale. You'll get a little more stretch. Out totally. That's why yoga is so powerful when you're in that. Spot. Yeah, you man. I wish I could stuff. get. I wish I could get to the point of doing it daily. I really do. I think it would make a huge difference in a lot of ways. All the stuff that I thought was chronically kind of just you're stuck on, you know, just kind of breaking down like old dynamite, fucking. But I think it's just like you don't have to be if you like start yoga, and then maybe I can get back to like because like fucking my flexibility range is pathetic in some ways. About it's like <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I can't even believe it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I kind of touching my toes without bending my knees was fucking like a yeah, decade ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm slim. Can't touch my toes. Yeah, you're slimmer now. Yeah. So yeah, we just shoot the shit here in this intro a little bit, and uh, there's a timestamp from if you want to skip like through all this stuff. In, it's it? good though because we have we have Bill That's here, it. so it feels like we could just be a little more casual and we can just do our own thing for a little bit here, and then we'll read it's some listener skip read some listener listener emails and some feedback and stuff like that, and we just sort of. Do some housekeeping here before the each each interview or episode really, and uh, yeah. But you can there's a there's a there's a timestamp in the show notes and there's also a little fast forward button in most podcast players. And yeah, fifty percent of the time. Fifty percent time what? That I remember to put the. Oh no, really? You're not even doing it regularly? Oh my god! See, he's talking about trying to do (laughs) yoga every day and he can't even do the fucking the, the the intro. I know. Thing. I put. I even put a note in the top of every show notes. Timestamp. The timestamp is always there. Okay. Timestamp to interview. 
And then if you put and marker, and marker. that would be a big okay. help. Okay, there you go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so what do you got for us? I don't know. I got. Hey, some... did you know there's a whole synchronicity fucking channel in the Discord? Just Discord, just full of synchros. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Uh, so that's our chats. That's where Bill hangs out a lot too. Hey, Bill. Love the chats. Love the chats. So that's uh, grimerica.ca slash chats. It's a Discord channel with a whole. What's a Discord? What do you call it? Is a channel a server with a bunch server. of channels in it? This fucking thing. And uh, there's somebody right now. It's awesome. Who's uh, Crypto Funk is putting like magic lessons in there. That's awesome. I sent some to my girlfriend to try and get her to relax her back a little bit. So it was. Like, Ooh, I was the, actually going to try the relaxation that one. ritual. I sent her. I was going to try that relaxation ritual. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, cool. I think that's new today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people are putting like uh, post shows in there, uh, pre shows. Sorry, Three I recent shows, future shows. Stop on by. Stop on by. Stop on by. Stop on by. I didn't mean to do that. So, Bill, do you have any anything for us? Any feedback or any yeah, guest synchro? suggestions or anything like that? I'm looking for a synchro to come up during Stampede, but okay, yeah. nothing just yet. Yeah, you nothing gotta let yet. it go. You gotta did get an go. anomaly <laughs> in that picture of the tower yesterday. Well, the, yeah. the thing, the lens flare Mike yeah. thinks is a UFO. I just came in and crushed his dreams. Uh, and then there was a picture I had of my kid through the glass floor that you can see the balcony of your hot tub pick. All right. So our pictures cross streams. But they're from like six months apart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going up there. That's way too high. Oh, you're not a big heights guy? No, no I don't. Hmm. Not that high. Really? You, you don't have to go on the glass floor. It's pretty like, once. Is if you don't go near that one side with the glass floor, it's pretty like... Because the whole thing around the outside is probably like that high. It's all encased. Too bad there wasn't a balcony. <laughs> it's really not that high of a tower anymore. I mean, it might no. not, it might, when you're there and you're looking at all the buildings that are go, rising up outside, it might not even feel that yeah, high. Yeah, it looks like there's a sign up that it's 50 years old now, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think I've, there's a picture of me here standing on that building's already way higher than the tower. Yeah, they don't. It's funny how they make uh, like the Saddle Dome is how old? 88 was it built? Saddle Dome in the 80s? 488. So, and they're already talking about tearing it down. You know, Mm. we can't even build buildings nowadays that people don't want to tear down after 30 years when the pyramids have been around for, you know, 30 Are they going to tear the Saddle Dome down? I thought they were going to keep it and just build another one. No, I don't think so. But I don't know. I mean, they don't know what they're going to do. But I just, I I heard that once a couple of years ago. They should throw a top on it. You know, it's just weird. We don't, we don't build things to last anymore. No. And just even those high rises, eh? Look at the Coliseum still standing. Well, it's in pretty rough shape. Yeah, it's in pretty rough shape. Stadiums and stuff, there's too much potential to uh, skim a little on the side there. So. Right. I figure it's a big fucking money-making racket. Mm-hmm. All the municipal funds and stuff. I don't know. We got to get into stadium building. So I got some feedback from past uh, episodes. Do you guys want to talk about some Dave Matheson stuff, the Black Budget episode that we talked about? Ooh, absolutely. That's you want to get into that? And now another edition of the American Goodies by the people. So I guess we're, we should probably explain a little bit. This is feedback from our Black Budget feed. Which uh, fucking which most is, of you never heard. 
Yeah, which is uh, just a different uh, feed of some extra content for people that subscribe or donate anything to the show whatsoever. Or even they can just send us an email and I'll give you links to so it. So three quarters of 1%. Three quarters of 1% of people support the show. Yeah, so three quarters of a person out of every hundred support the show. You Thanks could be that, that. Yeah. You could be that three quarters of a person. So we are trying to get more support, obviously. Yeah. Go to grandamerica.ca slash support. Uh, sign up for monthly, weekly, yearly, or Patreon today, and that would be just super. But help us pay the bills, fix the cords, <laughs> prep for winter. Yep. We're past the cling now, man. We're getting into fucking shorter days. So this is time. this is from Anders, and if you don't want me to to uh, say your name, please put please put something in the subject line. Or yeah, somebody did in capital letters all the way across. It was pretty funny. Recently, maybe we'll get to that one. So he says, "Hey guys, love the show." I've been a long-time listener and a recent financial supporter. Due to my black budget subscription, I feel I'm now entitled to give an opinion on your recent conversation with David, Karate Kid, Analogy Matheson. <laughs> I'd like to start by saying I love his work and I own the Undying Stars. Great respect for the research he's brought to the table. That being said, I enjoyed the nuanced position you guys discussed on your recent episode. I consider myself an anarcho-capitalist and have spent the last few years trying to clarify my position on a large array of complex thoughts and philosophies entangled in anarchic thinking. The issues Mr. Matheson has are valid, but I'd like to clarify exactly what I've come to understand about anarchy slash volunteerism slash capitalism. Is this from Nathan? No. Oh. First, almost all of anarchy philosophy is based on the non-aggression principle, specifically that no sovereign individual has the right to aggress upon anyone else unless in self-defense. Another often misunderstood idea is that anarchism is no rules chaos system. Anarchy means no rulers, not that there wouldn't be laws, rules, social agreements, contracts between groups and individuals. There would certainly be all the above in, an, in a volunteer-based society. Simply, you'd need an agreement with everyone in the group and wouldn't be able to compel individuals with the threat of violence to agree to the laws, rules, or contracts. I thought we kind of, maybe we glossed over that, but I thought we kind of we talked about anarchy being not what that sort of, you know, initial reaction to that word is, right? But I, maybe we didn't talk about it. Maybe yeah. it's too, maybe we've, I mean, maybe I we, think that's not, we felt like well we didn't have to, but. but I think it's tough. I mean, I think Matheson's take is that, you know, when you've got the giant corporations, it doesn't matter what you want to vote because they have the stuff or whatever, you know, Yeah. once they start controlling the water and the yeah natural resources, yeah. but we shouldn't spend too much time on. Right. But I'll, I'll finish off the email. So to summarize exactly what anarchism slash libertarian philosophy describes, is the recognition of the sovereignty of the individual. The individual's right to make their own choices and accept the responsibility of running his or her own life. Obviously, this is a scary proposition for most people. I think it's easier for us to externalize issues and fall back to a collective notion of responsibility. And though we are all in this together, in the end, only you as an individual can affect change in reality. I know it's a long email and I haven't clarified every aspect of anarchy and libertarianism or addressed all of Mr. Matheson's concerns. My experience is, is many don't fully grasp the complexity of the ideology they, they espouse and anarchy is no different. If you guys are interested, there's a poop load of information and resources I can direct you to. 
Thanks for all you do again. Love, love, love the show. You, Anders. You. Who? Anders. Anders. Yeah. So I thanks. Yeah. So I asked him for more information. Send the info. And I feel like we should. We could have a I volunteers think, and then. Yeah, let's do yeah. a show on that. Yeah. A little bit, you know, a little bit, because I, I really, it does really resonate with me too. But I do, I feel socialist like socialist crime. I like that. What? Not even, not even close <laughs> to that. <laughs> but I did, I, you know, I did have my period of being. You were pretty that as well, right? Which is kind of Nazi-ish. What? Now you're right kind now? of starting to lean socialist. Hashtag walk away. Then there's some misogyny <laughs> flying around. You probably right? haven't even heard about the hashtag walk away. No, I haven't. Have you, Bill? Yeah, it's pretty well known in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, that's it. I've never yeah. heard of it. I know you're kind of you're in your own Clueless. little world, I've reading kind of, your little self help books and all that. And I don't want to see. Know that's about... another thing that you and I did. I left this for about six months there, and then I came back, and you leave. Like, yeah, I'm good for. It's that. weird how maybe I don't need we just to know hashtag walk away. <laughs> You've already walked away. I'm fucked away. No, but I had I had real socialist leanings, uh, you know, like in the about 10, 15 years ago, I kind of thought, and I was thinking about this lately, after 9-11, I thought patriotism is fucked. I was really at that point where I was like, this is weird. Like these people, and I think it might've been after I knew not, there was something up about 9-11 and I was like, wow, these guys are reacting like this. And then I was thinking more globally and all that until I found out what that was all about. And now I kind of just walked away. <laughs> I shouldn't even say that because it's no. not that I did. But things changed, right? Totally changed. Now I'm more in the middle. All right. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I agree. Right. What do you think, Bill? Bill doesn't want to comment. I think more middle. Middle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a what yeah. a fucking suck up. Well, we all try. They're trying to pigeonhole us all into the thing. That's I'm the problem, right? You. Yeah. Nazi Graham, alt right, whatever, dude. Misogynist, hate crimer, trapper, trapper. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the mo. You got a synchro? Actually, let's do this. I haven't done this one in a while. You almost got me. Almost? Yeah. You're too quick. Yeah. Quick on the trigger. I will stress once again that we do not know the source from which the UFOs or the alien beings come. Whether or not, for example, they originate in the physical universe as modern astrophysics has described it, but they manifest in the physical world and bring about definable consequences in that domain. And that was from everybody's favorite researcher, John E. Mack, professor of psychiatry, MD, Harvard University, Pulitzer Prize winning author. Good one. <clears throat> when are you going to cut from, remember we were just going to do other quotes that yeah. weren't UFO quotes? Yeah, we can still do that one day. We should one day. I'm almost done though. It's been like I, like, I got a few left, and I'm almost. Yeah. I'm almost out. You're almost done. You're almost out of UFO code. Yeah, it's been a long run. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you what. When we're finished, we can maybe sprinkle UFO quotes in later with some something else. But we still got to do the quote of the week of some sort. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm down with that. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to get to a different quote than a fucking UFO quote. I'm gonna have some after this weekend's camping seaside experience. We're going. We're going like we're going to the great. We're going to the good. 
can't just go to see Sandy without the thing. I'm not reading anything about it. I'm just telling you this. I know. We'll wait for the jingle. People love this jingle. We can't not play it. Okay, 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 okay. There you go. I'll stop it right. before your name. And, uh, and friend Celia, who, who helps sort of organize the group, has written a book. She's You're going finished this that. weekend? Yep. Are you still here? No, Bill's not here. Still oh. here. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, too bad. Yeah, you're going to come. Where are you going? We're going up north to a node. It's like, a, I think it's a, uh, oh, uh, a, 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 what do you call it? The line, the ley line type you. thing you're or something? You're on a ley line. What? I can really? find you with my drone. Your drone? James' you drone. drone. Oh, you can't, <laughs> no. You can't find us. You, you don't know where we're going. We're, we do secret communication. You can't uh, find out. Signal? Maybe. <laughs> Email? <laughs> I can't Anyways, get into either. It's going to be, I think it'll be good. Good one this weekend. So, hmm. Yeah, I should go tonight and see Seti something. Just on the way home. Yeah, we'll, we'll always keep my eyes on the Pull over. Pull over. Look up. Do you want, maybe I should do a couple of UFO uh, sightings while we're on the, I got my emails organized into folders. Like, Did you? Like I promised, yeah. How is it? Great? Uh, it's okay so far. Yep. Actually, folder here, names? why don't we do, why don't I read this? It's an important message from Dr. Greer. Oh, God. No, seriously. Richard sending out emails? I'm very excited to read and hear about C5 groups starting all over the world. So this is, this is He's growing. talking about you. <laughs> You're one of those CE5 groups. This needs to be an ever-increasing grassroots movement that lets the ETs know that humans are reaching out to them in universal peace. I just want to be clear that we have no authorized CE5 teachers or trainers. We have learned that some people are organizing CE5 events and charging for them. These are not authorized by me and the individual efforts are not connected to STAR or, or serious disclosure. The only programs about CE5 that I'm involved in are the ones that I organize and I'm present at myself. It is purposefully a loose structure of people learning and practicing on their own or in small groups. There are people who in person and on YouTube who are using my name and image to appear to be associated with me. There is no way I can monitor what is said via these groups or videos. And I have no idea if that conforms with what I teach or not. Unless it is an event where I'm presenting or the material I have written I have no way of evaluating it. We encourage people to learn the protocols via our phone apps, the contact training program, or the videos on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash S disclosure. Yeah, it sounds free. Oh, maybe the, I can't remember if the app is free. I've had it for a few years. Anyway, so they're saying, you know, right. material you come across from other places may or may not <laughs> reflect what I teach and believe. For those of you who are part of CE5 Facebook pages, please share this information on your page. For, th for the thousands and thousands of people doing CE5 and reaching out to the stars in peace, wonderful. If 1% of the planet donates to grab, I mean, if 1% of the planet reaches out in universal peace, we can change everything. Keep looking up and thank you for your support. If 1% of the planet donates to Grand America, uh, I don't know. How about just 1% of our listeners? I was trying to Let's use Let's start 1% of the listeners. So he thinks think, that 1%. Think break Grand He America. thinks that 1% is, uh, that's a lot of people reaching out though. That's like what? Like 500. 1% of 7 50, billion 50, is 700 50, uh, million. No. 
70 million? 70 million, yeah. No, 70 billion. 70 billion? No, not 70 billion. No, what billion. the fuck? That's 10%. 70 million, I think. 70 million people. 70 million people? Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. 60 million. Well, depending, yeah. Hmm. That's like all of the UK. What do you think of all that stuff, Bill? Oh, shit. 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 No yeah. No comment. No comment. Wow. Well played, sir. Yeah. He needs a ride. You do have a nice selection of spam here, though. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, man, are you yeah. hungry? Yeah, got some teriyaki spam. We got some turkey spam. So, speaking of spamming, spamming Graham, my email address is Graham at... Uh, Graham, Graham. At GrahamAmerica.com. Send, right. send in your spam, spam Graham. Send UFO some, sightings and synchronicities, mm. feedback. Send some shit to the P.O. box, too. I do have a bunch of trip reports from people that are kind of asking if we're not reading those out anymore, and it just really hasn't. Uh, it's just been, you know, we go through cycles of talking about certain things. I mean, I will read them out eventually. They've been lost in your email. Yeah, and I got to sort them some of those things out, but... Thought you sorted it. Oh, yeah, thanks for... No, not... I haven't gone all the way back and no. sorted just the current ones. Well, we should do that soon. Yeah. We should do a trip report thing soon. We could, I could almost do a whole episode on trip reports and, and oh, listener cool. emails and sightings and stuff. Maybe we should do a bonus episode yeah, soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe a black budget one or something like that. Or just a bonus. I don't think we should do people's content in the black budget. And no. they, then they might not even hear it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, that's going to stay in the in the regular feed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, support the show anyway. GrabAmerica.ca slash support. Do we have anything else? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, we can get into all kinds of stuff. Depends on, you know, how much time we got. We got all the time in the world, baby. We're at like 35 minutes, I think. I could read some more emails. What do you think? Uh, One more. Did it synchro? <laughs> Let's oh, let, you know what? Here, let's let's, let's stick with the David. Synchro. Let's stick with the David Matheson episode here. It's a bit of a no, 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 no more okay. Matheson. Okay, we should save up all the black budget feedback and address it in a black budget episode. Sure. So that the we'll other ninety nine and a quarter people don't. No, I think it's important to to talk about this in the regular feed, so people maybe want to go well, to the black. Your marketing. Yeah, trying to work We don't really have a marketing plan. I mean, we should do a synchro so that, yeah, you guys are the marketing plan. So you got to tell your friends, you got to share it on Facebook and all that shit. Just be super. You have a synchro? We could let Bill rate one. All right. Pretty sure I can figure one out here. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone And don't believe it yet hmm. Nothing? Yeah, yeah, yeah Just seeing if, uh Hey guys, my name is Cody I've been listening for a few months now And pretty quickly became a paying member of your cult boy. Yeah. Ooh, another cult reference there might be a couple synchronicities. If we're in here, called Graham's the leader, just I, for the record. <laughs> Graham's the leader. Graham Dunlop. There might, <laughs> there might be a couple synchronicities in here, I hope. But with all the wild shit I've heard you talk about now, I don't hear much drug talk. And that, that's kind of a synchronicity in itself. Probably a good thing. If you talk drugs <laughs> on an episode, I will send some of my dad's Vietnam stories. Fucking hilarious stuff. Anyway, I was about 10 years old living in San Diego. I had one, one, 
I had my one and only knock on wood sleep paralysis experience. I felt someone watching me, which woke me up into a paralyzed state. In the doorway was the racist depiction of a Native American man. He was painted with the loincloth arrow sheath on his back. I mean, it looked like a fucking social justice warrior's wet dream. I was obviously scared and I screamed for my dad. But when I yelled, the man's hand went up and no sound came out. Oh. I got terrified, wanted to cry out, then nothing. I was overwhelmed with peace, no fear. Suddenly I wasn't paralyzed. I was just relaxed, completely focused though. I remember most of the next few minutes. He told me he was not speaking English, but the language we all share. Love, happiness, God, life, death is all one. It is all part of the experience and to be centered is to be able to traverse all states of mind. Shit. So for a few years, I thought about it on and off, but I never saw this again and gradually stopped thinking about him completely until 15 years later, I stumble across some DMT. I did it several times without much effect and suddenly my pupils opened up. The only connection between myself and everything else. All went black, then light from everywhere, bright colors, columns of faces turning, tunnels of energy swirling around me, no pain, no worry, just the center of a black hole. Then there I am, lotus position, suspended in space. What's lotus position? It's like Legs crossed? Yeah. Legs <laughs> kind of tied up. Yeah. Is that like the starting yoga? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a tough one. He says, lotus position, suspended in space. I'm watching myself. Footsteps around me and a tall, tan man walks to my side and touches my shoulder. I start vibrating and glowing brighter. The voice around me asked if this would be easier. And he became a woman. She was fucking beautiful. And then it all sucked back into my eyes and brain and I opened my eyes. Awake. My friends already talking about their trips. I don't even want to try and explain my shit. So I think what he's insinuating is that that was the same guy. The Indian yeah. turned into a chick. Good boy. A couple weeks later, just funny little trips and a couple buddies who didn't have any unusual experiences yet until one night up on a mountain, I overdosed them. In the overdose? Then took my turn. Right away, friend A starts giggling and I can tell he's happy. Friend B, not so much. He starts choking, frantically, saying he needs water, but he's not really awake. And then I'm gone, in space. Fuck, I need help. I'm out of body, looking at these three idiots up against some trees, and one is fucking dying. When a woman in deerskin steps over my body, looks up, and is instantly next to me looking down as well. She pulls out leaves of paper and throws them to me. I catch one and read. It was like a poem about water, oceans, emotions. Health and everything is okay. She tells me they see the patterns, but don't. And then he says, holy shit, I'm on episode 288 and you just mentioned DMT. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh boy. <laughs> As he's typing that. But then they don't know what the patterns represent. I come back to my body and won't open my eyes yet. I need a break. It felt like an hour and I need to just worry about me for a second. I open my eyes and both my friends are staring at me. Friend A, the biggest skeptic, pulled me off the ground and hugged me, <laughs> apologizing for calling me crazy. 
friend B thanks me. He said, a Native American friend read a poem to him. Then we all laughed because, you know, how the fuck did all three of us see the same thing? Friend A said, when he looked down, we were all part of a grid that connected us to the earth and the trees. I have no idea if I read that poem or what they saw, but it was intense to have everyone on the same page, pun intended, and to meet this spirit guide who now I see a few times per year, especially if my path gets squirrely. I haven't done much DMT since then, but I quit my night job and focused on my HVAC trade, to which I'm now pretty successful with. I quit smoking cigarettes, and I made a move on the girl I was in love with. I'm going to marry her in about two months. Hey. Last trip, two to three years ago. This might be an altered synchro, but to me, it lined up a lot of things in my life. And now I'm a peaceful, open-minded person. Thanks for reading. Love you guys. Can't thank you enough for all the great talks. Cheers from Canada's Jean Shorts. P.S. You don't talk much about hockey. Maybe you're just scared of the sharks. I'm in SoCal but I have too much respect for myself to support Kings or Ducks. So he's a Sharks fan? Yeah, I guess, yeah. BG gay, baby. <laughs> What's that? What was that? Golden Knights. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. Bill's a Golden Knights fan. Vegas Golden Knights, VGK? VGK. Oh, yeah. Fuck the Sharks, too. I saw somebody with a hat in a supermarket, and I was like, that's a pretty cool logo. I wonder what that, I didn't even know what's the new <laughs> Vegas team. <laughs> I'm such a, I'm such I've a dropped G. off the hockey uh, yeah, map too. Yeah. Huh. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So what thanks for the, the awesome email. Well, it was, the, it was the guy. I think it, he's talking about it being the guy. The, the you know the repeated visit of this guy now. That's tough to rate, Bill. What are you gonna do? Well, it does cover the trip reports category pretty well. Yes, and yeah. even though we just talked about that, and then I pull this up, so that's pretty cool. A little extra synchro rating. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. and then the, and also the. The trip report DMT, where they all see the saying. same thing. I mean, this is like That's those shared hallucinations. That's not a synchro. Not well, a it synchro. kind of is. No. Well, it could be. No. No. Like that. You're going to get some synchro. It's a nice story. Are you telling yeah. me that if us three right now did some DMT and saw the same we could do that right vision, now. We could do that, that that's not a synchronicity? You do that? It's probably even deeper show. than a synchronicity. Exactly. I'll watch you two guys do it. Because I know you, you, you should be fucking doing that soon you got some you got to, you've been saving up yeah. see this is why i don't partake because i would never be able to save that up for years <laughs> it's been a year and a half now <laughs> it's been more than that probably I'm i would just be more. like just do it and then do more so i'm proud of you thanks <laughs> when are you gonna do it <laughs> i don't know this summer i think I want some a point. dmt trip report from darren grimes at some point this summer yeah. or right now how about you bill would you do that Probably a bad career move to be uh, doing DMT on a bike. We haven't said your last name right now. It's just Bill. I did think, I thought the CIA let you do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought you were supposed to like do that with us so you could actually become part of the club, you know? Yeah, you got to be so a Freemason too. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I might get into the Freemasonry. Uh, I check it out. I went to the open house. Did you? Yeah. How was it? Did you, was it in a nice one downtown? Yeah. A million dollar cool. piece of land. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, they were smart to buy that thing. Probably fucking more right than down. a million. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we'll wrap it up yeah. there. Anyways, thanks for the awesome the email, baseball. Cody. Wow, I'm glad to, to yeah. hear you're on your path and all that. It's a fantastic email. Yeah, congratulations. Hope the wedding goes well. Don't spend a bunch of money on the wedding. 
Ian Love. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with uh, Michael Feely. Yep. yep. Thanks for coming, Bill. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Thanks for being uh, here. Yeah. Great to be here. Enjoy the chat. Michael's a gem. Tonight, we've got Michael Feely with us, all the way from the UK. So, Michael uh, was a police officer in the UK for about 17 years, and he's been using this uh, his investigative training, you know, in ancient mysteries and stuff like that. He's got five books out on stuff like the pyramids and Stonehenge. And we were connected uh, via a listener, some of our, our UK, UK posse members. So, so um, to be honest with you, Michael, I haven't had a lot of time to, to dig into your work, so it'll be one of these fresh interviews and, uh, you know, haven't um, had a chance to, to chat with you yet at all. So welcome to the show and thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you very much. It's a, it'll be a pleasure and it'll be completely unrehearsed. That's right. That's the way we like it. And and honestly, like after reading your website and your bio and all that, it does seem to be like it's a perfect fit. You know, we talk about all these ancient mysteries. That's a big theme in, in the show, uh, pyramids and Stonehenge and and all those all those theories. And, of course, UFOs is a big one. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where we should start, really. I mean, you've got uh, you got a few books out, and you're going to be speaking at some festivals and stuff, or not festivals necessarily, but talks in the U.K. Do you want to mention, do you want to start off with that or something, or what do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd... I'd... I sort of gave up talking for for a while. Sort of come back with a vengeance this year, like live, like live, or or at all, like period. Sort of, yeah, just just completely stopped, and then I'll, I'll go out live now, and I'll go around to to UK audiences. Uh, it started with a vengeance in two thousand and eighteen. <laughs> okay, and and I do sort of talks, and I do uh, big conferences as well. I've got a couple of big conferences coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, so it sort of varies in in, in audience size and, and venue size, but as I say, I gave up for a for a couple of years, and then for for some strange reason, he just came back with a vengeance with lots and lots of new information, uh, and with a great urge to want to go back out on the circuit again. So that's that's where I am at the moment. So I'm, I'm I actually did a talk last night as well, uh, and as I say, I got a couple of big conferences in a few weeks' time, which I'm really looking forward to. Right on. Do you want to give us a sneak peek into what you're going to be talking about at those conferences? That's probably sort of your newer your newer stuff, I suppose. It is. It's a mixture. It's almost like a album, really. Uh, I sort of start off with a little bit of history about myself, which was police force and that that kind of investigative career, and then I go into details about some of my own paranormal experiences, which is. Uh, meeting face-to-face with an ETB and seeing lots of UFOs, seeing dimensional gateways open up in front of me. One of them emanated some kind of craft. 
being tele telepathically invited to certain locations to do certain work. Lots and lots of things like that, seeing historical, famous historical figures in spirit form, like King Charles I, seeing lots of spirit people, having lots and lots of things, being requested by a spirit girl from Victorian England to investigate her murder, uh, and actually being taken back in 59 years in time to actually witness the last moments of her life, to having, to having her assailant also part the scenario who was in our energy field and he was attempting to possess my body he was smashing six foot uh, double glass windows inside the house and it, there's all there's all this kind of things that were happening around about the, the, the year 2009 so that takes up the first part of the talk and then sort of go into a bible code a biblical translation that i've been able to decipher that tells us who these characters and what these stories really are and what they really represent and then sort of go into other, other monuments like Stonehenge, or then go into the, the Anunnaki Sumerian scrolls, uh, sort of a, with a different, completely different interpretation, which is my own. And then I go into ancient Egypt, and then I go into like Atlantis and Lemuria and tell the audience exactly what that represents as well. Uh, the, the Eds of Easter Island, what that represents. And then I go into a more sort of galactic theme in relation to a provable mathematic correlation between the planet Mars and the monuments on Earth, and also certain monuments on the lunar surface of the Moon, which correspond as well. So we then go into sort of the, the correlation between those planets. And that sort of then concludes with the fact that as, as, a, as a human race, we are being completely controlled, we are being completely manipulated, we are being completely lied to, and the, the tree of knowledge, the forbidden fruit, is the knowledge that these people who are keeping it away from us are holding in sanctity of themselves, which they don't want the public to know about. So it sort of concludes with who those people are, the, the, the methods that they're, they're, they're taking in order to keep this, this information from us. And then it sort of concludes with that kind of thing. So it's really a greatest hits album going, going back from 2009 to the present day so it's sort of nine years worth of of my history but it's also two two to three thousand years of ancient history that's been concealed from us wow it's quite the uh, uh quite, quite the, the yeah quite <laughs> quite the greatest hits album um so what are the easter island heads all about that one's kind of special around here well the all my research, basically, I've been given sort of information as well as, as researching the information. And a lot of the information inspires me to, to research because it comes as an idea. And I can actually feel the, the idea being actually implanted into my head. Now, Easter Island is the same with every other culture that I've researched, from Atlantis, Lemuria, the Bible, Egypt, Stonehenge, the pyramids around the world. All of them are given us the same esoteric message, which is enlightened consciousness. All they're doing is they're changing the name of the gods, they're changing the, the shape of their monuments, but they are telling us the exact same message, which is enlightened consciousness, a spiritual awareness of self. The Eds of Easter Island are no different. They're, they're basically telling us about esoteric consciousness, our sort of innermost thoughts, which is the the incardinal points it is the it is the, the location of enlightenment illumination which is the pineal gland and they're said to be around about a thousand heads well a the, the number thousand is the the highest level of consciousness 
which is why you see the likes of Buddha with the, the thousand-leafed uh, uh, petal lotus flower, because it's all to do with, with consciousness and the crown chakra. Hmm. So the, the Eds of Easter Island are, again, telling us about human consciousness and how to aspire, how to ascend to what the Egyptians called our God state, which is the, the connection to the higher frequencies. Uh, and that is exactly what Easter Island is telling us as well as, as many of all these ancient monuments that I've looked into. Wow. So how do you, can you dig into that a little bit? Like how, how do you take away the, um, the supposed like factual stuff out of the, all these mythical tales and stuff like, you know, whether it's the Buddhist or Christ or um, Atlantis and all that and, and bring it to, which I'm, which I kind of, I think is very interesting, the esoteric consciousness aspect. And how, how, do, how do you link, link that? Like, how do you take that away from what people think is like a true story and compared to um, what is now more of like an, an analogy to higher consciousness? Like, how do you, how do you make that link or the, those leaps? Well, what I've done is, is I started off purely spiritual because of all the, the, the things that I'm experiencing were, were of a spiritual nature. And then now I've, I've become more into the, the world of science. And what I've been able to do is I've been able to marry science with spirituality to, to have a happy medium in the middle. What, what people need to realize is that there are a group, a small minority, uh, historical people through to the present day, there are initiates of secret societies who are initiates of mystery schools. Mm-hmm. These brotherhoods, these fraternities, have a vested interest in keeping knowledge that they consider a privilege and not a right, not a general right. They have a vested interest in keeping this, this knowledge to themselves, to the brotherhoods, to the chosen initiates. And what they've done in replace of that, they've given us myths and legends and idols and icons and they've given us allegorical and metaphorical stories in order to cover up a greater truth so that people look at the superficial level of these stories the likes of christ and the likes of mary magdalene and they believe that they found the truth in these iconic figures but they are mythical representations of a deeper esoteric truth that deeper esoteric truth is our own god says our own Christ consciousness, which is each and every one of us. So each and every one of us on earth today and previously and in the future, each and every one of us are each and every one of these biblical characters. Jesus Christ, we are all Mary Magdalene, we are all Mary uh, Joseph, we are all Moses and Noah, etc., etc. We all spend time in the belly of the whale, like Jonah, and we all come out after three days into spiritual darkness because it takes the subconscious three days to cleanse in order to ascend, hence the reason Jesus was in the tomb for three days. There were three days of darkness in Egypt. We had John in the belly of the well for three days. Mm. They're all they're all metaphorical representations of a deeper esoteric truth that is being kept from the general population. And the general population really do not understand that the world is run by a secret language of codes and symbols and algorithms, which is basically a story with a hidden meaning. So what I've been able to do for argument's sake, in, in, in the story, uh, the biblical stories, mm-hmm. I've been able to look at the works of human genetics and I've been able to attribute, getting into the mindset of the people who've written these stories, been able to attribute that to the workings of human genetics. <laughs> in, in terms of the likes of the, the pyramids of Egypt and Stonehenge and all these sacred monuments, 
they proceeded, that they, they were sort of the forerunners to a lot of these religious beliefs. And they were telling us the exact same message, how to reach our God state. The Bible calls it the Christ, which is the Christ consciousness. The Egyptians called it their God state. Stonehenge was all about the God man, which is the connection between man and God. But it's all given as the same thing. It's all talking about spiritual enlightenment and consciousness, which is an awareness. And that is basically throughout the, the whole of the ancient world. And that's why I call my talk and, and, and other things, the ancient code, a serpent fire, because it's a spiritual activation of, of everyone's dormant serpent fire Kundalini energy that awakens the spiritual fire within us. All of these stories, all of these religions, all of these famous ancient monuments are telling us just that it is the deeper esoteric truth of ourself and that is what is being kept away from the general population mm. so i've been able, i've been able to marry the two by using 17 years of investigative training and and finding evidence and and, and piecing all these, these these things together so i've come up with a a, a code like a, a cipher like almost yeah cipher because they are really really deeply ingrained into the monuments and the the things that I've come up with and the things that I've found not being spoken about anywhere else uh, by by anyone else that I've found, even though they are part of the way there, even though they have theories that are very, very close to the mark, they're not talking about or they've not found the hidden cards that I've found inside these monuments. So I've been able to piece it together. Be, being the, the, the man in the middle, it makes it much easier to be able to piece all these things together and put them together. Yeah. So whereas, whereas some researchers to one monument and they will get to the, to the bottom of what that monument represents. They have not sort of pieced it together to how that relates to other monuments and how that relates to planet Mars and how that relates to the moon and how that relates to all the, the, the other monuments around planet Earth. That is what I've been able to do. Well, we haven't, uh, we haven't even had the ability to do that for the longest time. Like now, finally, with the internet and people like yourselves, I mean, that's kind of one of the themes of the show a lot is the researchers like yourself that are more like generalists that are putting the pieces of the puzzle together as opposed to just digging into the one specific thing. I mean, that's almost like the way we talk, you know, what we do on the show too is like talking about all these different topics, but that wasn't very possible. That would have been a lot harder to do 20, 25 years ago, even, you know? That completely correct, and, and that is like the you know the beauty of the internet. I think uh, twenty years ago we wouldn't have been able to have this 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 interview tonight. So the the the, the internet sort of connects the world straight away within milliseconds. The world is connected by the internet. You can actually use that to to good purpose for for yourself and, and and be able to get to the bottom and make these connections. But even with the last twenty years of the internet, there are researchers out there who still haven't put all these pieces together. But I've managed to, to to be able to do that. But but the internet is a wonderful thing when it's used correctly, and you can get a lot of information at, at the touch of a button. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to dig into the cipher a little bit more? I mean, I don't want you to, to have to say say the whole thing and all, but you mentioned threes being a key. Is there other little uh, things you can talk about uh, that connect everything together? Yep. Certainly. Again, if 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 the listeners just remember that enlightened consciousness, and when we look at the likes of let, let, let's let's talk about Jesus Christ. There are there are of course uh, an earthly Jesus Christ, and there's a heavenly Jesus Christ. When we talk about the heavenly Jesus Christ, we are going into the realms of astronomy and astrology, and the the heavenly Jesus Christ, world, which is the solar sun, which which 
some people are now alluding to. When you have his 12 disciples, uh, they are the 12 signs of the Zodiac. So you have Christ in the middle and the 12 signs of the Zodiac, which are the disciples of Christ. When you have Christ uh, crucified between the two thieves, that is telling us about the winter and the summer solstice, the good and the bad thief. The winter solstice is the bad thief because he takes the sun away. The summer solstice is the good thief because he gives us the sun. So you have the Christ on, on the Southern Cross crucified between the two thieves. When you look at the likes of the, the Assumption of the Virgin, which is the Ascension of, of the Virgin Mary, that is when the sun completely obscures the constellation of Virgo by its light, so it becomes invisible. That is the, the, the true origin of the Assumption, the Ascension of the Virgin Mary. And, and, and all these things, when you look at the Zodiac, that, that is basically Gad, which is the, the, the will of God. And we have all of these, the Nativity story, where you have the three wise men, which are the, the three stars of the belt of Orion, following the star of Bethlehem, which is Sirius A. And that points on the 24th of December, the Orion and Sirius A actually align to give us the exact location of where the sun will rise on the 25th of December. <laughs> on the 22nd, 23rd and 24th of December, the sun remains in the same degree of sky for three days, is death for three days. On the 25th of December, the sun moves one degree north to continue its annual transit. Huh. It is, the sun is born on the 25th of December. So astronomically, that is why we have Christmas Day on the 25th of December. When we go before the, the heavenly Christ, and we start looking at the earthly Christ, that is basically human genetics and, and the Kundalini awakening of human genetics. And it goes basically from the which is the atom and ionic bonding, which is extracting the electron from the atom, which is nuclear fission. That is basically the creation of Eve through the atom, through Adam, in the Garden of Eden, which is the human body. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus began his father's work age 12, which is around about the age of puberty in male children. At that time, we have developed what is known as a solar seed, a Christos seed. Christos means anointed. What that really is telling us, it's all about male fertility, which is male sperm. Sperm means seed, and it is the Christos seed. When we say that Jesus is the saviour, sperm, seed, saviour means seed. Now this seed develops in the solar plexus, which is known as Bethlehem. Inside Bethlehem, we have a thimble-sized depression known as the manger. So we have this Christos seed that is born in Bethlehem. So now it's starting to become a little bit familiar in relation to the story. Either side of that manger, you have the Ida and the Pingala nerve that sit either side of the manger. And they stem from the pituitary and the pineal glands of the brain, which is consciousness. The Ida nerve is the lunar nerve, which is Mary. Mary means water and the moon deals with, with, with the water. So we have Mary and Joseph either side of the manger. So Jesus is baptised aged 30, which again is in, in num numerology terms, it's all to do with, with spiritual and, and the rise of spiritual power. So Jesus aged 30 is baptised in the River Jordan. Jordan means to descend, to flow downwards. It's talking about the spinal fluids where this Christ seed, the spinal fluids contain salt, Salt gives us the word salvation. 
So this Christ seed, the Saviour, is our salvation. It is in the salts of the swine. Because of what is known as Kundalini, uh, which is a spiritual serpent of fire, which incidentally I've actually seen, it is activated by certain rituals such as celibacy, which is sexual sublimation. That is the retention of sexual energy, which is known as tithing, because the body will reuse. And to reuse, to use again, is the, is the true origin of the, of the meaning of resurrection. So the body uses 10% of this refined sexual energy, which is where we get tithing. So the, this Kundalini energy, the serpent, the serpent of the Garden of Eden of knowledge, gets activated and he goes up Jacob's ladder, which is the human spine, taking the Christos seed with it. And the Christos seed goes through what the Greeks used to call the cross, the crossing, which is the optic chasism, which means chamber of light. And this Christ seed is crucified on the cross. The, basically, the optic chasism uh, and crucifixion to crucify one's appetite. So what that is talking about, again, is that celibacy, that sexual sublimation, the retention of sexual energy, which is crucified on the cross within the brain, which is situated round about there. That then, go, the, the, the cross seed, having been crucified, then goes into the cerebellum for three days. The cerebellum is the tomb. It's dead for three days. And again, it's all to do with the, the, the amount of days it takes for that subconscious to cleanse in order to ascend. Jesus then comes out of the tomb after this three days, which is witnessed by Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is the amygdala within the human brain, which is situated by the tomb, by the cerebellum. So she is, is in, the, in the best position to be the first to witness the resurrection, to, to use again of this sexual energy, the resurrection of the Christ seed. The amygdala deals with different functions, and one of them is libido, which is sexual appetite, which is why in certain circles, is, is, is classed as a prostitute because the amygdala deals with libido. So we, we have Mary Magdalene witnessing the resurrection of the Christ seed inside the brain. The night before that, which is all to do with the Passover, which is the Paschal moon, which goes back to astrology and astronomy, which is on the 14th Nisan, which is April, the 14th of April. That is the Paschal moon which is basically when the, when the moon is going into Aries, which is the lamb. So that is the sacrificial lamb of the, of the Last Supper. The Last Supper itself comes from soup, which means to enhance. So what we're doing is we are enhancing our Christ consciousness. And the word mensa has double meanings. It means the mind and it means the table. So the earthly Christ is sitting at the table, which is the mind, surrounded by his disciples, which are the 12 cranial nerves of the human brain. They are all sitting around at the table. All of this, of course, is at Skull in Golgotha, the place of skulls, which is the, the house of God. So Jesus is crucified in the skull in, in Golgotha. So we have all of these references, and, and Jesus died, died age 33, in the year 33 AD. The, the number 33 is a significant power number. We have 33 vertebrae of the spine. We have 33 degrees of Freemasonry. We have NASA's launch pad, which is launch pad 33. We have uh, 33 degrees of Masonry. We have 30, I say 33 vertebrae of the spine. The top one is, is known as Atlas, which then takes us into Atlantis, which is the same story. But we also have Christ consciousness, which is 33 hertz. 
33 hertz is also the frequency that synchronizes sacred geometry, which is why we have 33 degrees of masonry, because they're all into geometry of divinity, God. So 33, which is the hertz frequency of Christ consciousness. So all of this is, is Kundalini awakening that takes this Christ seed through various stages of awakening. And as it destroys the lower chakras of the human body, the lower chakras of the human body are now in the Sodom and Gomorrah. So this energy of fire destroys by fire Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. So we're, we're looking at all of this biblical. When we look at Cain and Abel, we're looking at Abel, which is our sort of higher nature. And we're looking at Cain, which is the ego. And the Cain and Abel story is basically telling us about the battle of ego which is trying to kill off our higher nature. When we say, when we look at Jonah and the whale, that the whale is symbolic of spiritual darkness and is in there for three days into spiritual darkness, why that subconscious cleanses. As he comes out of the belly of the whale, he's coming into spiritual enlightenment, spiritual light after that three days. So when we look at Adam and Eve, we're talking about the atom and ionic bonding, which is extracting the electron, which has a negative charge. The electron has a negative charge which is why Eve is seen as a negative influence on Adam, on the atom. When we look at the Garden of Eden, we're looking at the human body, the, the tree of knowledge is, is, the, is the spine and all its nervous system that takes us to the pineal gland, which is the knowledge, which is the, 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 the forbidden fruit. When we look at Moses, we're looking at the fluid mosaic membrane, which is basically a water-soluble protection around human cells. Mosaic comes from Moses. When Moses walks to the top of Mount Sinai, Sinai also means harbation, which means with the teeth. That is talking about eating celestial knowledge, which is the, the knowledge of the divine. When he's at the top of Mount Sinai and he's speaking to the burning bush, the burning bush is talking about that serpent fire activating the pineal gland, which is the, the activation of knowledge. Is the Mozilla Firefox of computer terms. When we look at Moses' 40 days in the wilderness, the number 40 has the, the power to lift you to your spiritual state. When he fed the Israelites with manna bread, manna bread is really prana, which is a human photosynthesis, where the, the, the thylakoid cells of the body convert solar energy chemically into energy of the body. It's a human photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. That is Moses feeding the Israelites with manna bread. Mm. When, we, when we start looking at the likes of Noah, which means comfort, we're looking at the child in the amniotic sac of its mother that is basically protected and then comes into a new world post-flood. When we look at the animals live two by two, we're talking about the four nucleotides of human DNA that live in base pairs. They live as, as two, two by two. And even some genealogists call them the Noah's Ark of chromosomes because they live as base pairs. They live two by two. <laughs> the, when we look at the likes of the Ark of the Covenant, we are talking about system that is the human brain. Moses crossed the Red Sea, which is basically the, the easy transition from inner consciousness to outer consciousness. When he when when the Red Sea parted, that is the membranes which are protective walls, uh, which open up and allow things to come through and they close up to prevent things following them. That is the story of the parting of the Red Sea and the crushing of the Egyptian army as the waves came back in. So we have all of these genetic uh, connotations when, when we look at where where these stories began the, the story of uh, adam and eve was in, in in the book of genesis 
genesis comes from the gene of Isis or the, the genetics of Isis. And when you go back to Egypt, Isis is associated with the, the mother goddess, the cosmic womb. So we're talking about the genesis in the beginning, the, the genetics of Isis. So we're looking at this this genetic human connotation, which is whereby we all have this this in which to alleviate and ascend ourselves to this Christ consciousness, this higher consciousness. And that really is what, what the Bible and all these stories are really telling us. So that really is just a snippet of one aspect of, of some of the information that I've come across. And this is the same message extended to the, the pyramids of Egypt, to Stonehenge, Atlas, Lemuria, the heads of Easter Island, King Arthur, even Santa Claus. It's all to do with the Holy Colostrum, which is the creation of consciousness within the brain. So we, we are talking about the same theme, which is enlightened consciousness throughout the whole of the ancient world. Wow. And that's all done from withholding your sex energy? No, no, no. no that's just a way that that's oh. one of the many ways to, to get your Kundalini fire going. Like, do you I, just have to I, do that like once? No. Well, like I a, think so. I mean, to activate it. Yeah. I think it's only once. I mean, remember that gets so, the set was you can the do blue the breathing. Thing? You can do the breathing. No, it's totally oh. different. You can do the breathing and there's all different ways, right? To get your, Kundalini well, you have an erection activated. What? No, it doesn't have anything to do with erections. I don't oh. think. But how else are you getting the sexual energy? <clears throat> Well, it can be. It doesn't have to be through your hard cock. I mean, it can just be through your spine or whatever. Like you can bring you suck it your out. energy all the way through. But it's going to be recycled. I don't know. I don't hmm. know. Recycled. So ten percent of that sexual energy, and it is purely an aid to to the alleviation of this Christ consciousness. It's not the only method, but that that is where you get the the origin of celibacy. But ten ten percent of that long. sexual. Yeah, but that te- but that ten percent of that sexual refined energy is reused for the cells of the body, etc. That ten percent is the true origin of, of what we know as tithing. So giving giving ten percent is really talking about giving that ten percent to your Christ consciousness. That really is the origin of celibacy, and that is the origin of tithing. Of many mechanisms in which to activate this dormant serpent fire. This this dormant serpent fire actually weights wrapped around your root chakra the root chakra is known as the the underworld so this 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 kundalini dormant serpent energy wraps around the root chakra around the underworld that is the fire of hell so your root chakra your lowest chakra that the kingdom of earth is hell when you start going to the top chakra which is the seventh chakra of the crown chakra that is known as the seventh heaven the seventh chakra of the seventh heaven so within your chakra system uh, Sanskrit just means basically wheel of energy. You are looking at hell and heaven. So it is that alleviation from the kingdom of earth, which is heaves up to the kingdom of heaven. So heaven comes from heave, heave up until you get to your seventh crown chakra. Huh. And that really, again, is, is sort of, even though it's been, it's been used as a sort of a blackmailing promise or reward, it is really the Bible talks about is within and, and when the bible gives you such quotes as the kingdom of god is not something you can physically touch the kingdom of god is within you yeah. that is exactly what they mean in an esoteric way you all everybody has the the ability to activate this this christ consciousness and become that christ christ awareness christ and all these mary magdalene's and all these characters were never individual people it is each and every one of us and that is the 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 deep truth that is being kept away from us by, by the churches and by all these religions. Yeah. 
thanks for going through all those details. I mean, one or two of them alone might not, you know, be so significant, but when you add them all up like that, it's quite, uh, mm-hmm. quite the amount. It's, it is, it is very easy to picture. That magic number always about. comes up too. I know. I wanted to ask you about that 33, but <clears throat> I also wanted to, oh, I don't know. Let's go there then. So 33 is also, um, it seems to be like a symbol for something. The mainstream the media, media the, the deep state kind of, um, when some of these, I don't even, what, what, how would you even describe that? I mean, they call it the magic, the magic number, whatever, 33, Magic number. but it seems to be like, if something a happens, code. let's say like a, like a, like a mass shooting or, um, an a false flag or, or an anything that has 33, all of a sudden you'll hear in the, in the media, 33, like it's almost a signal to a group, like maybe this group you're talking about that, that is happening for, you know, I don't know, maybe on purpose or. It's not an accident or, you know what I mean? Darren, is that what you, is that the way you take it too? Is yeah. it, so it's a signal to. Well, that's just what I heard on no agenda. Yeah. But that's the, just one way to look at it, I guess. Yeah. Right? yeah. Cause it but does it seem seems to come, to come up, up a lot. lot. 33, 33, 33, or 333 it's, it's, or 3333 three, 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 or 33,000. Or... It's basically a, a power number. And, and, and the, the belief system of these occultists is that certain numbers, certain significant dates, give them enhanced power in which to these events. So, you know, so certain you'll see that on the 19th of April, for argument's sake, you'll have lots of sacrifices by fire because that is in occultism that the 19th of April is, is sacrificed by fire. So you had the Waco massacre, you had all of these things where people were sacrificed by fire and by, by different things. They believe that certain dates, certain numbers, give them an enhanced frequency and enhanced power. Uh, and, and they basically use certain dates to maximize the impact of these events. So they are purely timed to, to be significant uh, and, and fall in, into significance with certain dates and certain times. Mm. The number 33 is deeply significant to occultists, to Freemasons, and again, to, to even to the, the esoteric. That's what, that's why they call themselves the Illuminati, the enlightened ones, because Inner illumination is all to do with, with this kind of esoteric knowledge that comes from the what they have access to, but what the general populace never even realise exists. So, all when, when these events happen, look at the dates in which they happen. Look at the occult calendar, and you'll see that a lot of them are married up to certain dates and certain times for and sort of power, spiritual power, and enhancing reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so speaking of, you know, awakening the, the fire within and the root chakra and the Kundalini and all that, did, did you, did that happen to you? Did you have a spiritual experience that did that? Or was that more of your sort of, uh, interdimensional esoteric ET kind of experiences? Like, is that another way that, you know what I mean? Would you consider yourself in that sort of awakened realm or, and if so, what was, what was it that triggered that? It was sort of all of the above. So say when, when I, I, I relived a murder in 2009 and I was taken back to Victorian England, which I basically travelled on 59 years backwards in taken back to a, a bedroom where a murder occurred and I was basically shown the last moments of someone's life, which is the, the murder that I've been asked to investigate in the modern day. That is what I would classify as my awakening, as traumatic as it was. I yeah. couldn't actually sleep with the light off in my bedroom for six or seven months after that event. Wow. It was really traumatic. But following that event, that's when I began to start to see 
otherworldly things. Begin to see, say, dimensional gateways open up in forests in front of me, in the sky, at night above me. When I used to see lots and lots of UFOs in broad daylight, 500 feet in the air, when I'd be telepathically invited to go to certain locations at night where I've actually stood next to a being that is not of this world and started to see what people would deem as shadow people where, where my bedroom door at 6am in the morning was being shook so violently that I just had to get out of bed and see what was happening. And as I walked out of the bedroom, there was, there was shadows walking through the bedroom wall away from me. These things... I even last year, less than 12 months ago, uh, was just walking uh, last summer in the UK and I heard this strange whoosh noise, whoosh sound, and I sort of went into a transient state. But as I turned around to my left, there was an Egyptian pharaoh in full headdress walking alongside me. Wow. Uh, I was giving cryptic messages before I went on vacation to Egypt about how a messenger would find me and how... I needed to look past the tourism of Egypt. I needed to learn about her, understand her, and then I needed to teach about her. And seven years later, that message started to make sense. I was seeing scattered beetles coming out of, of, of the wall. I was seeing this, this Kundalini energy, this, this liquid chemical fire, which is basically white in colour. White is the colour of balance. And I've actually seen that Kundalini energy actually leaving my body through my left foot across the floor. So it's really all of the above where lots of ancient information has been given to me, where there's lots of experiences outside of me that has activated or flicked some kind of switch inside me that has enabled me to, to become aware of this deeper, this deeper truth. So I think what Kundalini awakening is, is pretty much a increase in bioenergy within the human body. And obviously bioenergy is, bio is the body and energy is, is the fuel that, that keeps us going. Some people have a gradual kundalini awakening, which is a sort of very, very gradual, slow uh, awareness of what is going on. Some people have a very rapid kundalini awakening. And for them, it can sometimes be traumatic because they can so suddenly see in an instant lots of things behind the... Limited one percent. You know, as human beings, we see less than one percent of the frequency spectrum. <laughs> so all of, all of the things that we can see, we can touch, we can smell, we can hear, we can feel, we can sense. One percent of of reality. So what people need to ask themselves is what is happening in that ninety nine plus percent that we cannot see, ordinarily cannot see, and when we activate our third eye, our spiritual realm, our, our consciousness we can then start to see many of these things in that 99% of, of the vacuum of space or, or whatever it is. I've, I've been fortunate enough to see multiple things beyond that 1% frequency spectrum. And that has basically enabled me to have a greater awareness of what is really going on in what we deem as reality, that most people will never be lucky enough to ever even realize. So it's, it's almost like a fortunate position to be able to, to know these things. And again, in 2009, that, that pinnacle year for me, I kept getting in my mind's eye a golden key and I didn't really understand what the golden key meant. Locked into it basically means the, the Gnostic key of knowledge and Gnostic just means to know. It is the knowledge of the divine and it's, it's symbolic of worthiness to know the hidden secrets, to, to come out of this, this labyrinth of darkness that most people just walk around in forever and to come out and actually see this, this wider reality, 
to be able to piece all of these ancient cultures together and what they're actually telling us. Mm-hmm. And that is a real, real powerful message. And, and when people come into this information, that it makes them extremely powerful as, as individuals. And the, the things that I've actually found out and the things that I talk about now has actually got quite persistent attempts several times by certain Illuminati groups who have attempted to recruit me into their brotherhoods. Uh, it's got me sort of private messages from initiates of mystery schools that tell me how accurate what I'm saying actually is wow. and how, how it would take many, many years for schools to come into this level of knowledge. So for some reason, uh, whether that's through being chosen or just being lucky, I really don't know. But for me, there's lots and lots of information coming by the day. And it's almost like being given a different piece of the jigsaw, but it connects to the same jigsaw puzzle as a whole yeah. and it, and even today I've, I've been looking into you know some disney films like pinocchio and, and things like that which again pinocchio yeah pinocchio uh so even even the most innocence innocence of things children's uh, famous children's stories you know like uh frozen Walt disney frozen like pinocchio like all of these things yeah let's talk about pinocchio because i know uh Peterson's constantly telling that Pinocchio story too. So Pinocchio is probably <laughs> the most relevant Disney story on the planet right now. It is. Well, the, the thing is, again, you, you, you're looking at esoteric messages. And when you look into and things like that, which is quite, and, and Walt Disney was a 33 degree Mason, it stands to reason that there's going to be lots of significant symbols and significant planets that feature in these kind of films. And when you look at Mason, which comes from Mother Son. Mother Son is basically Sirius A, which is believed to be the mother of the, the solar sun, which is the Jesus and Mother Mary, Isis and Horus in, in Egyptian mythology, which is basically uh, symbolic spiritual uh, significance of these planets. So when you look at the Pinocchio story and you have the Blue Fairy, which is significance of the blue haze created by Sirius A, the blazing star of masonry. When you look at the meaning of Pinocchio in Italian, it basically means the pine seed or the pine's eye. Now, the pineal gland comes from the word pine cone. So uh, the, the pineal gland, the, the, the consciousness, and the fairy is Sirius A, which is believed to be the knowledge from above, but also brings you good luck. Now, when you look at the the famous song of Pinocchio, which is uh, "Wish Upon a Star," you basically that what they're telling you is to, to wish upon Sirius A, which is the dog star, which gives you which gives you good luck. When you look at his father Giuseppe, that basically means uh, the Lord will rise. So we we're looking esoterically at again those words enlightened consciousness, and it's all to do with Masonic symbology hidden within children's stories. When you look at the, the nursery rhyme, the hokey kokey, and then the last words are knees bend, arms stretch, rah, rah, rah. That is sun worship. So rah is 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 the Egyptian word for the sun. Mm. When you look at the likes of, of Frozen and you look at characters such as Elsa means she knows. So again, we are referring to knowledge. Mm. When she goes to, to, the, to the North Mountain, the North Mountain 
is basically the pineal gland, which is known as the north gate, which is why the Great Pyramid of Egypt faces due north, because it's all to do with the, the, the pineal gland and the north gate. So again, even, even in, in Disney, uh, Disney comes from D insigni, which basically are a Medialvingian elite Illuminati bloodline that came to, to the UK and spread out from Normandy in France. The Medialvingians are one of the Illuminati bloodlines of France and Disney, 33 degree Mason, is D insigni. So Walt means the ruler and D insigni is a place in Normandy. So again, it's, it's this, this Illuminati connection that has been ingrained into his films, into his movies, into his cartoons. So not even even children are escaping this esoteric message of knowledge. And again, again to the pyramids a bit later, but 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 consciousness is significant in Egypt as well as everywhere else. That's interesting because you know, like those early Walt Disney movies were super esoteric, like the Magic Math and all those crazy ones. Yeah. So I was going to ask about your, how the, and you kind of mentioned you, you didn't know if it was luck or external intervention, but what, do you think it's, what's your sense of like, whether this has happened to you? Because we've had people, guests on that have been downloads, you know, downloads of information. They have a event or a synchronicity or a spiritual awakening of some sort. And then all of a sudden they're doing all this research and they're writing books. And it sounds somewhat similar to yours. And I'm <clears throat> never sure if it's, yours sounds more like it could be, something or someone intervening or is it just you reaching a a state of higher consciousness where you're accessing all this information what do you think like what do you what is your sense of of what's where it's coming from or what's happening and does it have anything to do with your bloodlines or your your um as well like yeah well i'm certainly a, a direct descendant of irish celtic kings who are themselves related to the pharaohs of egypt so again that there's that that sort of Celtic uh, Egyptian uh, bloodline connection with, with my family and me. I think it's, uh, again, it, it, it's probably a mixture of all of those things. I had this traumatic awakening, which flicked the switch inside. Mm-hmm. I have been given lots and lots of downloads of information and I can actually pinpoint when I'm sitting there and I can actually feel information being injected or impregnated or whatever into my mind. That then becomes an idea inside my head that then becomes a theory that I will go and research that then becomes validated by mm-hmm. the information that, that I come across yeah. that then connects to things that I may have learned six to 12 months ago, yeah. therefore it had no, had no relevance, but all of a sudden it then becomes center stage because it connects to what I've just been given. Wow. So th- there's lots of things. used to also channel messages as well, but I stopped myself doing that because I could never really, hundred percent trust yeah. as to who that who that message was coming from. So I sort of uh, closed that down and, and stopped doing that. But I think it's a mixture of all of those things. I think when you look at again inside the King's Chamber, which is eight hertz, eight hertz is the frequency that synchronizes both hemispheres of the brain, the, the alpha waves of the brain. Synchronization of the hemispheres of the brain allows you to tap into universal knowledge. So I think it, there's a lot of... Uh, the, the, the awakening of this is a system to tap into this this universal knowledge, the the computer of the sky. But it's also certain certainly been given to me as well by by a download. It's also been given to me by visitations. It's, it's been given to me by maybe a, a genetic memory that has come from from ancestors gone, because even the scientists now are starting to realise that knowledge and information of your ancient asset ancestors still 
in the genetics of, of, of the modern era. So I may well have been an initiate of the pyramids or I may well have been in Egypt many, many thousands of years ago, or one of my relations may well have been an initiate or in the pyramids many thousands of years ago. And their genetic memory, their genetic knowledge of that, of those initiations, I may be able to access and, and tap into through a genetic linear line, which which now science is now starting to realise is, is a possibility. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so many different possibilities of how this information could be coming to me. Mm-hmm. But I do think it I do I do think it is a mix, a mixture of uh, several different things that that are that are putting me into this position. Where, especially as well, judging by my, my background is in, in evidence gathering and finding evidence and piecing things together to, to tell a story. Yeah. And that, that sort of gave me a, a, a sound foundation to take that forward into the esoteric world that rules this world. Yeah. So it, it is really a mixture of all of those things that have all come together in order to put me into this position where I'm coming into lots and lots of mysterious, uh, mystical knowledge that really is only for, as, as the Gnostics would profess, it, it is for the eyes that can see and the ears that can hear mm. that, will co- that will come into this kind of knowledge. So quite evidently, you know, I've got the eyes that can see and I've got the ears that can hear because I'm coming into this knowledge. And you've got the experience of 17 years of, of, it's almost like you're in the flow of investigating, right? You've got the 10,000, you know, you've learned that to the point where you do it by automatically. So it's, it's probably... Uh... You know, now you're piecing it all together. What were you going to say, Darren? Well, I was going to talk about, remember when we got to that, the Paradigm Symposium in 2012, John yeah. Ward was talking about how he was finding the same symbols in Egypt as he was at some cathedral in the UK. It's interesting. Because again, because again the, the, the same people are writing these intrinsic messages, they're writing these, these coded messages throughout history. That they're even doing it through into the modern day. You know, when you look at the American hot dog, when you look at the White House, when you look at the Oval Office, when you look at Washington, D.C., the Statue of Liberty, the American independence, when you look at all of these things, it comes from Egypt. When you come across to the UK and you look at the, the River Thames, when you look at the House of the Parliament, it's all Egyptian. When you look at the, the complete the concept of royalty, and of course, we have a, a royal family, it's all to do with Egypt. All the symbology is Egyptian. Even when people become knights of the realm and they become a sir, that comes from Osiris, the the god of the underworld in Egypt. So all of this modern day society in, in your churches, in cathedrals, it's all to do with the same message as the ancient Egyptians of the builders of stone engine. Because the message is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So so there's the control mechanism now that's sort of being unveiled, it seems, and it's been going on for who knows how many thousands of years. So, but all the cultures and the people that put these messages in this, this awakening, this Christ consciousness thing, this awakening, and it could go back to before the ice age, even it could be, uh, you know, five, seven, 10,000 years of this. Um, it's hard for me to ask the question, but I'm trying to, trying to suss out like how, how how was were they fighting the same control mechanism back then, and they were leaving these messages, or or is it uh, is it um, the control shit was about to go down? Yeah, like how you know how long have we been suppressed compared to, or more so than they are suppressed, or are we coming out of this now because of the internet and our awareness? Or the other question would be, 
Uh, is it unintentional symbolism left by the control system that we're now figuring out? Do you, do you understand where I'm going with the theme here? I do. I, I, my my take on that is that there's there's always been a wrestling match between these the so-called elites of the world. I mean, for argument's sake, you have the female moon cults, you have the the masculine sun cults, which are the basically the male and feminine principle that the, the sun and the moon. You have all of these these the, these battles for control. But when you look at really really ancient Egypt. And you see all these Egyptian statues where they have the, the left foot forward. They're basically telling you that they lived under a matriarchal system of balance. And that balance is also a pinnacle in the, the yin and yang, in, in the, the chemical marriage of king and queen. Because without that balance, without that equilibrium, you cannot reach this level of consciousness. So you have to be a balanced vessel. And I do think that there's, there's, there is back then and in the modern day era some of them wish to tell some of them wish to conceal and some of them probably don't have any allegiance either way and i think that is the same in modern day society as well these these famous monuments are a message these the 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 great pyramid of, of egypt which stands 449 feet tall but again for reasons of consciousness that is why it is that exact height because that is all to do with the frequency of the violet flame and, and the color violet which is the the frequency of the crown chakra yeah. that is why the great pyramid is 449 feet what i've what i've seen with the great pyramid is when you put a a map overlay of the human head facing north because again the pineal gland is the is the north gate you will see that the likes of the king's chamber and the queen's chamber mark the exact location of the master glands of the endocrine system of the third brain. And that is why certain shafts are pointed towards certain stars, like the queen's chamber, uh, the pituitary gland, which is known as the star chamber of Isis, is pointed towards Sirius A. It mm. is all to do with the star energies of, of that towards the pineal gland. The king's chamber, which is Osiris, the pineal gland, points towards Orion, which is associated with the god Osiris. When you look at the other side of the pyramids, you will see that the shafts face towards what is now known as the constellation of Draco. But in Vedic astronomy, many thousands of years ago, that would be known as the cobra or the serpent, which is symbolic of the, the balance of opposites. And it's also this, this, the serpent is also symbolic of leaving the physical world. And the Egyptians were, through the amplification of certain mathematical frequencies, like the golden ratio, the golden mean, Fibonacci through Pi, they, they these mathematics were put inside these monuments because they are conscious raising frequencies: four hundred thirty-two hertz, five hundred twenty-eight hertz. All of these things are conscious raising frequencies, and that's why these mathematical sequences are inside these monuments of the world. And the Egyptians, through the amplification of these harmonics, were transcending from the material realm to the other world. And that is basically what they were doing as part of the initiation within the pyramids. But the Great Pyramid itself marks the exact location of the three master glands of the human third eye, which ironically, collectively, vibrates at 144 hertz, which is why there are 144,000 casing stones on the outside of the Great Pyramid. 
because 144 is also to do with light, to do with spiritual frequencies of light, and also uh, the frequency of the third eye of consciousness. So all of these things are not simply just mathematical sequences. They are consciousness. The eight hertz, when you look at five hertz inside the king's chamber, five hertz is basically the pentagram, which is realized man. When you look at the inner degrees of the pentagram, it is 108 degrees. 108 degrees in frequency is 108 hertz, which is the frequency of total knowing. So again, they were practicing this God state, this higher consciousness, and all of these monuments around the world are indicating the same message. It is an amplification tool in which they transcended their physicality, their material realm, and went to the other worlds. And that is what the monuments of the world really are. So, so, what so is, go ahead. So, is the U is the U.S. the new Egypt then? Because they seem to like the U.S. is the only country that's sort of bucked the metric system and is still using these symbolic u- units of measurement, and they kind of are hell bent on world domination, which means they'll get to and then freedom contain and, the sacred and sites and stuff well, like though. that and freedom. So, like, freedom. what is the world domination? Might not have. I mean, that might not have been. Well, having a, a big army, I guess, you know, having the ability to. You know. Yeah, but did that happen? That might not have been part of the genesis of the states. I mean, the states was supposed to be built on. Yeah, the way I'm liberty, looking at it, right? the whole thing would have been would have been by design. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, right from yeah. the fucking get go, right out of the gate. Uh, again, Egypt is very. I mean, somebody said to me once, "Why, why did this great advanced land disappear?" I said, "It doesn't didn't disappear. It's been hidden. It's been hidden in Monday society." Ooh, like the All Nazis. These, well, well, the, the, the Nazi, the swastika, comes from the Hindu, uh, which is which is the plough in astronomy, circling Polaris, the pole star, and swastika actually means of the good. It was actually turned into a negative thing by the Nazis, but it, it originally came from Hindu astronomy. But uh, America, certainly America, has all the hallmarks of being the modern day Egypt because many, the, the majority of American presidents are related to pharaonic Egypt royalty so is european royalty it is that it is the it is the red carpet of the oscar ceremony the, the red carpet is symbolic of that elite royal bloodline and the oscar is basically the the knights templar who are your modern day illuminati so there's, there's all these things in modern societies that say your white house your oval office your washington dc the obelisk the domes the 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 white house the president the hot dog it all comes from egypt even even the eagle comes from Egypt. And again, you can just, just come across the pond to the UK and you can see the exact same thing replicated in British society. Now, the River Thames was formerly known as Isis. It's now known as Thames, which comes from Tamas, the Dark River, which is the Dark Serpent, Apophis, which is the Dark Evil, which is where we get the word devil. So the sun, Jesus, is fighting the, the devil each night as the sun disappears into the underworld to come up each morning on the horizon. Horus Risen gives us the uh, rising of the sun. So all of these things are intrinsic in modern day society. And when, when you look at Freemasonry, when you get to the third degree of Freemasonry, you can choose between the Scottish Rite, which is all things Egyptian, or the York Rite, which is Christianity or base Christianity. So a lot of these things that we see in modern day society come from the, the, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. The, the the designers of the likes of Washington DC are Freemasons. The designer of, of London is a Freemason. Paris 
is full of Illuminati, Freemasonic, Egyptian symbols. They have the Louvre, which is a pyramid. They have the obelisk in the centre of Paris. Uh, the word Paris comes from Parisi, which means the Temple of Isis. You have all of these connections, even even Europe, Europa, uh, and Colombia, the District of Colombia. They are two different names. Europa and Colombia are two different names for Isis, the Statue of Liberty, which faces Paris, Parisi, the Temple of Isis. All of all of modern day society is so intrinsic of, of ancient Egypt that this land has never died, and the reemergence of the consciousness of, of humanity will be as a result of the re-emergence of the advanced knowledge of ancient Egypt and their mystery schools. Uh, so the, the whole of modern day society is the modern ancient Egypt. So where are we at as far as the awakening goes then compared to like w- what it was like, let's say a couple thousand years ago? I mean, are we, are we further along now than ever? Are we breaking through or is it, has it always been, <clears throat> has it always been a faction of, humanity that's that's uh awakening i don't like using that word but you know you know what i mean yeah again what, what i've noticed is a a more obvious more apparent more manifest separation between the people who haven't progressed for thousands of years because they're still they still hold on to the same belief systems the same ceremonies the same festival same belief system as as humans did two three four thousand years ago but there are breakthroughs in terms of pockets of light if you can call it light i don't tend to like using that word it's it's sort of new agey but for want of a better phrase there are pockets of light where people are starting and i've noticed that more and more people are starting to demand more truth more and more people are starting to demand this kind of information they they are not satisfied with with the explanations that they're being they're, they're being given, yeah, so it's acro- just, across the board, the narrative seems to be wrong. Like you know, with everything from yeah. from the food we eat to the the air we breathe to the ancient mysteries to archaeology to consciousness, the, everything seems to be just fucked. So, so do you? Was this why you started talking again? Then, I think it was. So, I mean, when, when I when I talked many years ago, and it was many years ago, I was mainly talking about my awakening and my, my journey up until that point. But so it, it felt almost empty. That like there was there's there's there some kind of ingredient that was missing. And I just decided that I just didn't want to, to, to do the talks or do do the circuit anymore. And as I say sort of towards the end of last year, I started to get the the feeling, the, the inspiration that I wanted to do that again. So it took me several months to, to formulate the talk, which uh, goes on for over three hours if, if, if I let it run that long or, <laughs> yeah. or even longer, yeah. uh, de- depending on where the venue is and, and what sort of time slot I have. Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's, you know, the floor is yours till, till the early hours of the morning. But I put all that together and then sort of starting in January this year, I had my first talk booked. From that point, it's been sort of regular since. Uh, and, I, and I do see, because every time I do these talks, there's obviously people in the audience that know people who have venues and they want me to go and do a talk there. So snowballing to where uh, certainly in, in two weeks' time, I will be speaking in front of probably 300 people at the biggest alternative conference in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of weeks after that, I'll be talking again in the north of England at another massive uh, UK conference, which gets me giving this kind of information to a lot more people outlets such as this and, and, and various radio stations give me, give me a platform as well. 
it's all about reintroducing people to these ancient ancient knowledge this ancient knowledge of self where where the ancients believed that god lived inside them so to know themselves was to know god the kingdom of heaven is within you the kingdom of god is within you mm. and that really is a true statement when you, when you do understand the true deeper meaning of what that is everything we could possibly want is inside us but the system has created a fake facade where they need to speak to the priest where they need to go to a church or a synagogue or a mosque or one of these religious buildings they do not need to do that because everything they could possibly need all the tools that they could possibly need to follow in the footsteps of their christ is within them as soon as people start to realize this they become very very powerful uh unslavable completely open-minded people and that is what the system fears the most well on the other side of that is the whole materialism and you know atheistic movement which is uh, you know the, the same result on the other extreme you know i mean just we live in a paradigm where that's not even you know this con extended consciousness or this is not even a reality to to people so it's lots of people yeah i mean i've certainly been been called you know atheist and whatever and, and people say to me why why do you know the existence of christ or why do you deny the existence of god and, and what i say to them is completely misunderstood and misrepresented what i'm saying is christ doesn't exist in the way in which yeah, we've been taught exactly yeah yeah god that that is a when you when you've when you've studied the, the fabric and, and the foundation of the the universe as i have it is quite apparent there is some kind of superior mind some kind of superior energy a, a pure mathematical brilliant mind that has pieced this together everything in the universe follows a mathematical code a mathematical sequence that it does not deviate from that can only mean one thing that something is programmed exactly some, something <laughs> somewhere has programmed this these mathematical sequences and that is from you know when you look at the holy trinity which is the, the subatomic particles of the atom when you start looking at the, the human fetus when you start looking at the human body when you start looking at the most minute insects on earth when you start looking at the giant the giant nebulas of the galaxy everything follows a mathematical that can only mean one thing that something somewhere has programmed what we know as existence that to me is what god is and if somebody wanted me to describe what god is uh, certainly in sacred geometry i would say that god is a circle which is the symbol of infinite spirit it is a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere is that infinite spirit and when you start when you draw a, a a a circle within a circle and you go from that circle to the, the from from the center to the circle that becomes the radius that comes from radius which means the sun god or the son of god so within sacred geometry within the circle and the radius you have god and jesus in, in a sacred geometric uh, context. So to me, it is basically infinite spirit, which is the non-decaying spin of the electron, which then takes us back to the atomic and the Holy Trinity. When you look at the Holy Trinity, and I say that the three subatomic particles, which is the neutron, which is the stability, which is the father, you have the proton, which absorbs photonic light, it is the sun, and you have the electron, which is the Holy Spirit. The movement of electrons gives the body electricity. 
that is the power of the the holy spirit within us when these when these electrons become excited and ionized they give off what is called an electron cloud which bears a striking resemblance to a ghost that is the holy ghost so the, the holy trinity is talking about the three subatomic particles of the atomic world and again that comes into the infinite spirit the electron that comes into eve which means life the word eve means life talking about i need bonding the, the separating of the atom all of it is, is 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 a programmed reality a a programmed created cr creativity I mean one thing you can only lead to a supreme mind that has programmed it wow yeah See, I think it's all a simulation. Yeah, it's kind of... We're just plugged into some fucking crazy video game. So who's who's in this video game, then? Who's the people that are that are pulling the wool over our, our eyes? Like, I mean, is it people that we don't know their names of, you know, that are... That are, I mean, if you talk about uh, the Illuminati or the... I mean, is it is it obvious people that we would think? Or, do you, I mean, do you get into the nitty-gritty about, you know, who's controlling the thing? Well, there's various there's various levels there's various tiers and there's obviously the the obvious ones that we're aware of yeah like the builder burgers and all that kind of stuff ex um, exactly but but the, the the real heads of these we don't know who they are because they're 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 not publicly named that they are not known they are really at the, the very top but you have the likes of you know the vatican that the the british royal family who are quite quite high you have the, the likes of the Pope, and then you have the Black Pope, who are quite high. You have all of these these multi-tier systems, but the people at the very top who really, really control it are not known. Uh, and and unless you are sort of, how within, do we know it's not you? Well, you don't, <laughs> you don't. But I mean, you are descended from a Celtic king, yeah, so yeah. you know that that is correct. Which again comes from uh, Pharaonic Egypt and Queen Meditamon. <laughs> You know, but now you, you, well, you can't. And, and the thing is that the, the, the likelihood is if you ever stand next to them, you still won't know it's them because nobody does know who they are. So, you know, you, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, yes, they're, they're quite high, but because we know who they are, because we can identify them, it's not them. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, I but, think too, but, yeah. but, but they are, they are quite high in, in the pecking order, but they are not, they're not the highest because they're, they're sort of nameless. We don't know who they are. Are the top people immortal? Well, I was going to say, are they archons? Or I mean, is that do you you know do you subscribe to that? Is it a spiritual war at the top? I mean, there are there are entities that are beyond the third dimension that are able to use certain certain people as vessels to enter this dimension. There are, I know from personal experience, that they walk amongst us. They are in the skies, both day and night. They are usually invisible to the human eye unless we tune into a particular frequency which is the frequency that they're vibrating at that's when we can see them but they can drift in and out of our frequency spectra so i do subscribe to the fact that they are here they always have been here there are certain groups that are taking a negative stance uh, against humanity there are groups that are taking a positive stance and there are groups of them that are taking a neutral stance. Interesting in what happens because it affects them. But in terms of assisting or, or not assisting, they're completely neutral. So in a, in a universe that has a trinity of the atom, which is three subatomic particles, it comes in a positive, a negative, or a neutral. 
there are these entities that do have an influence as to if, if they're the ones that are really at the top and really in control. There's been many suggestions through public statements, through sort of hidden read between the line messages. That may well be the case. But again, because they are really, really at the top of the chain, uh, we don't know who they are. Well, certainly we're not going to get close enough to, to, to identify them. Hmm. Without getting dead. That, that is also an option in their armory. How bad? Do you ever get worried? I, I, I don't get worried. Uh, as I say, I've, 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 had, I've had my phone calls tapped. I've had phone boxes outside my house that, that, that is a service to my landline phone tapped with certain anomalies. I've had emails stolen. I've had radio interviews aborted by the house because I've heard non-human voices at the other end coming into the station. And they basically frightened them so much they've just said, sorry, good night. I can't interview anymore. So, we, but by the way, we would never do that to you if that happened. <laughs> well, thank, that's thank just, you. Nice that's just Graham. <laughs> yeah. He's fairly but, human. <laughs> as I say, I've, I've had, I've had certain, certain groups uh, who have attempted to, to recruit me into their, into their brotherhoods. Why but, don't you go in and then do call us back and we'll do another interview. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. The, 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 the problem with me is pe- people have said, why didn't you say yes and go undercover? Well, I sort of wear my heart on my sleeve. I, I wouldn't be able to do that uh, because I'd be, I'd be too obvious. I would stick out like a sore thumb yeah. uh, because that, that's, that's just me. Uh, I'm, I'm not one for being, being able to, yeah. um, exactly. I'm not one to, to be able to go undercover and to be able to mix and pretend that I'm part of these brothers, but I'm clearly <laughs> not. Although it'd be quite obvious that all I was doing would be gathering research and gathering evidence. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be my interest to, to do it in that fashion. But as I say, the very fact that they've, they've, they've contacted me privately uh, by various means to invite me into these brotherhoods and, and tell me what I stand to gain by being members of these brotherhoods, uh, it sort of gives you a sort of an indication as to it's on the on, on the right lines, uh, especially when they they others have come through and said that it's basically accurate. It's spot on. It's it's very very accurate as to the esoteric teachings of the mystery schools. Hmm. I like it. What about your, what about your old cop friends from back in the UK? Do you keep in touch with those guys? Did they think you're wacko now or what? Okay. I came into several of them who have an open mind. Uh, obviously the ones that don't, the, the same with non-cops and whatever they, they, they tend to just drift away from, from your life, from your reality. Yeah. And yeah. you tend to, you tend to basically get a, a new wave yeah, of yeah. people who are on the same, same wavelength. So the, the people who are on the same wavelength, I do keep in touch with because I, I do like to know what's, what's going on on the inside still as well. Uh, but, but I do keep in touch with several of them, but not, not that many. There was, uh, quite a few that, quite a few UK police officers and, um, and people in the public service that have UFO sightings. And I mean, there was a guy, I remember five, six, seven years ago, uh, oh, now I'm going to forget his name, who was writing books on, on that. He used to be a, a cop himself in the UK. Um, you might may, may well be Gary Hasseltine. Yeah, that, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. 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 yeah that's who it is. Hasselhoff? Yeah. No, Hasseltine. Gary uh, Hasseltine. Yeah. Hasseltine. Yeah. And I mean, he, he gathered so many good cases of, of people like yourselves, you know, even in uniform, uh, 
having UFO sightings or getting called to them and and all that. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. The the the, the same here, both both on duty, off duty. I've I've even been uh, made aware of of when the, the the police force helicopter of my my force was was followed by a UFO, uh, which was recorded by onboard cameras. All the logs were restricted. Its airport base refused it access to to land at the airport until this object had moved so there's there's lots and lots of things happening in our skies that again because of restricted logs because of of the etiquette of airline pilots and whatever these things never really come out unless they're leaked but that is really a small minority of what's really going on out there and there's so many people that are that are seeing things you know, when i when i was on night duty one one night uh, there was quite potentially a ufo landing around us where we'd have silhouettes in gardens, where we'd have streetlights for, for miles, where we'd have underground explosions and manhole covers shooting through the sky. We'd be liaising with, with electricity boards who are basically saying, what's going on? This is this is unusual. The, 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 you know, it was just kind of a, a, an eerie, we're not in control feeling. And we'd seen quite, quite a few strange things in the skies. So there's lots and lots of, of synchronicity on this particular evening. Uh, and I say many, many calls of, of strange silhouettes in, in rear gardens where officers were actually standing in that garden and couldn't see anything. But as soon as they moved away, the people would call them and say that these silhouettes are back again. You know, I've got intruders in, in the rear garden. There was nothing there, certainly on a physical level. So I was certainly involved in, in a potential UFO landing that evening. Wow. So there's, there's lots and lots of things that are, that are going on that, that the general public generally never get to know about unless they're they're personally involved yeah have you been so speak staying on that that topic a little bit have you like do you subscribe a lot of that phenomena to secret space program kind of stuff or breakaway civilization black project type stuff or or would you say most of it is interdimensional or extraterrestrial and then have you followed the you know what's happening in the u.s here where there's finally some supposed disclosure happening with uh, media and the government acknowledging some of this phenomena Certainly, what what I, what I would advise people and, and warn people of is there are negative extraterrestrials that are dealing with above government uh, departments, especially in America. Just be careful as to who your government discloses to you, because if it's them, that it's not in your interest. But in terms of extraterrestrials and interdimensional beings, they both exist. They when when I've done some research into mathematical correlation. Uh, between the likes of the Sardinian city on the planet Mars and the monuments of Earth. What I found through that Ooh. research is that each of these monuments are telling us, it's almost like a cosmic, uh, cosmic satellite navigation. For argument's sake, the face on Mars, when you look at the, the grid vectors, when you look at the longitude and latitude location of the face on Mars, it gives you the exact location of how to find Stonehenge on Earth. When you look at when you look at the same within Stonehenge, it tells you how to find the pyramids of Egypt. The pyramids of Egypt give you the exact longitude and latitude coordinates of the Sidonian city on planet Mars. So the, there's also on the surface of the moon what is known as the lunar ab abaca, which is uh, Egyptian obelisks that map out the three main pyramids of Giza in Egypt. Where, where, so where the, is that on the moon? Whereabouts is that? Is that on the so southern spot of the moon or by any chance? It's, uh, 
it's I think it's close to it's, it's by the sort of the the Sea of Tranquility that okay. that kind of region. Yeah. Okay. But it's actually mapped it's mapped out to, to as per the, the three main periods of, of Egypt. So you have Earth, and you have the Moon, which are, are definite collaboration. Now that even means that is that it is a civilization on Earth that is able to star travel, or there are other civilizations that are having contact with earthly civilizations because it is no, no possible uh, coincidence that you could ingrain the longitude and latitude location of monuments on Earth from monuments on the Sidonian city on Mars and vice versa. It is it's impossible. There has to be some kind of interplanetary uh, collaboration there. Wow. And spermia, baby. Not gram spermia. One's funner. But is that an option that we just took some ancient knowledge with us when we had to retreat from Mars, like that Val Kilmer movie where he found that weird cave at the end? Did you see it's that one? Possibility. I mean, you, you certainly have U.S. Marines and whatever coming out now. That uh, I was going to ask you about that. You know what? What kind of validity that, that, that you can put on this? But it was saying that you know that there's military bases on the uh, on, on Mars on, on the Moon. I, I do. I do. I do subscribe to that anything is possible and i do think that we we only have the likes of nasa to tell us or to believe that mars is uninhabitable that the moon is uninhabitable that all of the planets of the solar system cannot be inhabited by by humans we only have their word to to, to believe that so why is it not possible that we can live on these planets or people do live on these planets and there's been some kind of teleportation or some kind of thing. A lot of the, the ancient cultures do mention a strange race of beings that they, they called the knowledge from above who gave them mathematical sequences, who gave them this kind of knowledge that advanced in the way in which they advanced. There's also some suggestion that around about 35,000 years ago, human genetics were tinkered with in some way that took us from Homo erectus to Homo sapien, literally in evolutionary terms, overnight, which is impossible by evolution itself. So there's, there's all these key indicators that there is some kind of connection going on, uh, certainly in the past, and I would probably say most certainly currently, but it, it's more beyond the scenes now than it was in them days. I think he was more open in them days than what he is now. Graham doesn't even believe in evolution. Yeah, I do. Oh, you're on board there's now? Multi- well, there's Wolfen. multiple theories. Wolfen, baby. Not that type of evolution. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. <clears throat> um, do you, uh, what do you, I got a theory about the, the oh, Space Force. Here we go. Space Force. Hey, let's hear your theory. <laughs> so, I think Trump is trying to get a, get a handle on disclosure. Like, I, I feel like there's a deep state um, conflict going on about disclosure. And I mean, it could be at multiple levels, multiple organizations, secret organizations, um, sort of secret space force type stuff. Um, no, not secret space force, secret space program, you know, but I feel like there's one side of the deep state that's coming, to, coming with this, uh, this disclosure about, um, you know, here's the government's been researching UFOs. Here's some evidence, like, you know, trickling, trickling out stuff for you. And then the other side of deep state and Trump comes out and, and, you know, starts talking about the space force, actually trying to get a, a bit of a handle and maybe controlling, pumping your controlling boy, eh? the message. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about disclosure. It's a fight over disclosure. 
between them. I mean, if if one discloses, then then it's going to ruin the other one's access to technology. We're right? getting drug into it by our handler. Do you, do you know what I'm trying to get at? I, I'm not really articulating it very well, but I feel like there's a it's it's a it's a deep state involvement there. So does that mean there's two Illuminatis? As I was saying earlier, I mean, there's always this this power struggle between uh, the sides of duality. That there are those that wish to to tell us, you know, many many Hollywood movies tell us uh, certain things, but but they're doing it encrypted, so we have to work it out. That there are there are many trains of thought, but but I, I do believe that there are internal power struggles between two things. So sometimes these power struggles enter the public arena and we become aware of them. Uh-huh. But, there are, but, but, but there are certainly those that want and those that don't. In terms of disclosure, as I say, I, I would certainly be very wary as to what, what is disclosed because I don't necessarily think it's going to be a, a positive thing for humanity. But there are the ones out there that do have a positive intent. Mm-hmm. But, but in terms of who's disclosed to us, whether that will ever be disclosed, Personally, I don't need my government to tell me what I already know exists. Yeah. Uh, some, some people wish to, to dot the I's and, and cross the T's. Some people need an official announcement to, to, to begin to believe and to, to comprehend that there can be something other than, than ourselves. Uh, but, but a lot of people don't need that kind of officialdom because I don't believe what the government tells me in, in, in sort of everyday uh, life. So I'm certainly not going to believe what it tells me in relation to extraterrestrials and, and, and things like that. In terms of the space program, it was something that Ronald Reagan was talking about in the 1980s, about the uh, you know uh, being attacked by by an outside force that would unify the world governments and, and yeah, things. Exactly. You know, I, I I personally think that we already have the capacity and we already have some kind of space weapons already up there. I do think that a lot of these UFOs that I've seen and a lot of UFOs that are being seen around the world are our own sort of uh, back-engineered military secret projects. I really, I really do think they are, but, but nevertheless, you know, I've, I've, I've seen literally a multitude of craft of all different sizes in, in different circumstances at different distances and whatever, making different kinds of manoeuvres. What I, what I can't say is who was piloting them. What I can say is there are things in our skies that we're not being told about. So why are we not being told about them? Uh, and that really is more of a, of a crux of matter. But in terms of space wars and, and things like that, I, I, we, we already have that kind of capability. Yeah, I would agree. I would tend to agree too. <laughs> Wow, that time just flew by. Michael, do you have uh, anything else we need to get to before we start wrapping it up? No, again, I think I think what I would advise advise people to to realise is that all of these famous people that that are idolised and worshipped, uh, all of these these ancient monuments of the past that are visited by millions of tourists every year, who have no real idea as to to what they're visiting, look into them because they have a deep a deep secret. That deep secret is your own potential, your own God state, your own connection to that universal knowledge. That the vacuum space is is uh, meant to be a vacuum. A vacuum is basically the, the fabric of a vacuum is the tetrahedron. 
the, the pyramid tetrahedron is the model of consciousness. So therefore, everybody is connected by the vacuum of space, by an awareness, by consciousness. Every living thing on this planet and in the universe is 99.9999% vacuum. So therefore, we are mostly connected through an awareness. You are all Jesus Christ. You are all, you are all Mary and Joseph. You are all Cain and Abel. You are all Noah, Moses, Jonah. You are all of these characters. They never existed as, as individuals. They are metaphors. It is each and every one of you. And once you start to realize the greatness of your potential and what you, you are really capable of, you are no longer controllable. That is what the system is trying to prevent you from ever knowing. They will deny you access to the forbidden fruits of the tree of knowledge because they do not want you to be equal to them. Learn, research, and question everything. Yeah. Bingo, bango. Yeah, well said. What should they read first? What should they research first? Where's a good like starting off point for a, for a newbie? I, I would always... I would say looking to the self and many of the of the spiritual ancient practices of self and how they believe and now you know again the, the the likes of these characters like Buddha is really talking about consciousness is really talking about the the uh, harmonic keys to the universe to the God frequencies to the four hundred and thirty two hertz. That's why Tibetan singing bowls are tuned at four hundred and thirty two hertz. That's why there's four hundred 32 statues of, of Buddha at the Bara Buddha Temple in Indonesia because it relates to the God frequency. Mm. So learn about self, learn about frequencies, learn about your own potential because that is that is the message that the whole of the ancient world has been telling us for many thousands of years, but we just we just haven't until now picked up on it. What about what about a couple of your books? Your your books that people could start with too. Certainly, I've got uh, quite a few books out there. I've got I've got a a free ebook going out at the moment, which is free on Amazon up until today, uh, which is called The Real Identity of Christ, Secrets of the Codex Vaticanus, which has uh, some of the things that I've been saying today. And the ancient Codex Serpent Fire, which goes a lot into ancient Egypt and Stonehenge and all of these ancient cultures. And I've also got other books such as The, the Secrets of the Pyramids, A Message for Humanity, uh, which are the 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 three most current things that, that I've written, which are the most up-to-date as to where I am. So that's probably a good place to start. Yeah, and maybe can you plug the, the conferences you're going to see, you're going to go to uh, uh, briefly as well? The, yeah, we'll the, send some UK. Grand Americans, yeah. hopefully. Yep, certainly. Well, it's all UK-based at the moment. Hopefully that will extend at some point. Uh, but but the next one is in, in a place called Glastonbury, which is almost like a spiritual centre of the UK. Mm-hmm. And that is a, the, the biggest UK alternative conference in, in the UK itself. And then after that, I'm at a, a conference called the Probe, uh, the Phoenix Probe Conference, which is in Blackpool, which is in northwest England. And again, that is, that is a big conference, an alternative conference. In between that, I've got a few more minor sort of talks uh, but that on, on my website, so people can see on the events page okay. when I'm going to be and when I'm going to be speaking. Okay, yeah. Awesome. So UK posse, get out there. Yeah, go awesome. see Michael. Tell him where he found him. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes as well. And yeah, it's been a great chat. I love these. I love these talks that are put together by listeners. I mean, sometimes they you know they recommend the best uh, the best guests. So listeners, get your get your requests in here. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on and talking about. Yeah, all that. thanks for reaching out. 
Now, th- thank you both. And to, I, I won't name the person that introduced me to you in case I, I don't have permission to, but <laughs> but you know who you are. So, oh, you so can yeah, dox that motherfucker. It's yeah. okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, so thank you to that individual for, for introducing me. Yeah, right thanks on. so much. And yeah, yeah. Finn, if you do want us to know your name, then like tweet us or something and we'll yeah. give you a shout out. Yeah. Okay, Michael, well, I know it's very late over there, so we will let you get to sleep. Thanks. Thank thanks you so much. Thank you. Thank Come back anytime. Yeah. I will okay. do. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was our chat with uh, Michael Freely. Wow. Just kind of Feely. Sorry. Yeah. He I just kind of popped up on Facebook. Freely Did you? He's the a Freely guy. <clears throat> yeah. He kind of popped up on the Facebook page, reached out through Facebook. It was just like it all happened it fast. Was, too. It was a real fast one. Like, yeah. I, I two weeks ago, bang, yeah, bang, yeah. bang, boom. And here yeah. we are. Usually we have guys uh, scheduled a month or six weeks in advance. And this was like a couple weeks. <clears throat> yeah. It's. Uh, that was that was really uh, interesting. That was good. Another another one of these, um, you know, another one of these kind of something happens, downloads, uh, starts researching, puts all this together. Very eloquent about it. I mean, it blows me away how oh yeah, how people put all this great. stuff together. But I really feel like he is might be uncovering some symbolism there. Yeah, all the body part stuff is crazy. <clears throat> I have to get that new ebook. Go through it for free. Yeah. I have to go get that now. Tiny. And a lot of the stuff about uh, Jesus and the, and like all the that's what all you, the metaphors there too. It, it kind of starts making sense. Maybe these pe- weren't people. Like maybe it's just somebody you hmm. know writing stories and and talking about higher consciousness. It's weird how a lot of the past shows have kind of had that overarching thing of self. Yeah, yeah, totally. I know. In the end, in the end, what does he say? Work on yourself. Yeah. Look into yourself. Fuck. Like, <laughs> can't yeah. do it anymore. I was gonna ask him, well, how do you do that? You I mean, know, meditate or yoga? Like, I mean, obviously, I could send you some a bunch books. of different ways, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Fucking okay. a, yeah. Big thanks to Michael for coming on. Of course, guys, do check out grammarica.ca/support and sign up for a weekly, a monthly, or a yearly subscription if you can, or sign up for a Patreon. For there's about thirty different levels of Patreon you can sign up for. That's all the same. Um, we don't uh, we don't evaluate our supporters by the amount of money they give. Everyone is the same if they just support. They also get access to the black budget feed, and uh, you know that's the the model that allows us to just have someone you never heard on. Maybe some people in the UK have, but most of the people I've never heard of the guy, and he can come on through yeah through the Facebook and be on the show within a couple of weeks. And you yeah. know, the more corporate you get, the less control Flexible, you have yeah, over yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So we'd like to keep it just two dudes and uh, you guys. Yep. Three so dudes. support the show. Three dudes. Including Brody over yeah, here. Brody's, Brody's coming on. Yeah. So yeah, ca slash support, guys, if you can, when you can. And uh, do all the stuff in the show notes, too, because that all helps, too. Sign yep. up for the newsletter. Blah, blah, blah. All right, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Memory. See, we're running away. Let me straight, we're playing with
Thank you. 